Welcome to the First Five Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Corey, and I'm joined by my co-host, Drew Gotro. And today we are so happy to welcome back to the podcast for his first appearance on camera for the First Five. Uh, you know him. Uh, you love him. If you don't, what the fuck? Get your life. Please welcome to the podcast, John Merrifield. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, all right. <laughs> well, I was Stand up. It over. That was an aggressive intro, man. I'm going to need a standing ovation, please. Man, we are so, uh, so glad to have you back in the studio for your first you know, video episode. We've got, mm. you, you even brought your dog. I did. Uh, I just heard her too. <laughs> so happy, uh, Ruby, right? Ruby do. Ruby do. That's right. We've we've got uh, our family kind of uh, keeping her occupied and showing her plenty of love and attention while we have a very fun conversation here. Um, we've got a really interesting sort of list of topics. So let's just dive right in because everybody knows you. They should know you. I didn't give you much of an intro because you've been here before. But guys, if you want to hear uh, some of John's credits and maybe check out our whole first conversation with him, you can go back and check that out on Spotify, uh, the audio only episode. I'll put a uh, episode number or something on the screen, but you can go check that out if you want. Uh, but we've got a, a whole bunch of interesting things to talk to John about today. So Let's start off with Ghost Rose, because I think the initially when we talked about having you back, we were excited about giving you an opportunity to sort of like go into detail uh, on how Ghost Rose is going and just kind of like introduce it to people who haven't seen it before. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, Ghost Rose is pretty, pretty fun. It's going pretty well. Uh, right now we got a Ghost Roast in Lafayette, a Ghost Roast in Lake Charles, and a Ghost Roast in Baton Rouge mm-hmm. starting this month, uh, the Baton Rouge one. Uh, I guess to, we can just explain the format. Yeah. The concept is that people dress up as dead celebrities or dead famous people, uh, and they roast each other <clears throat> as their characters. You don't necessarily have to be in character when you're roasting, but you are roasting the characters of the people who are participating. Uh, and it's like eight comics. There's four comics who win, uh, and then they're invited back for another ghost roast to compete against four other comics who were invited back. And then that happens again for a championship, and then, uh, you know, well, I'll probably have a prize of some kind by that time, if not just a trophy mm-hmm. with a ghost on it. And they win by <laughs> audience applause, right? Uh, yeah, the the audience. Right now we're doing audience audience applause. Uh, you know, we're, we're still evolving and changing because I get a lot of feedback, and a lot, a lot of the feedback is stuff that I, like, notice as, as the, at the same time as everyone else because right. it's just so obvious, but... Uh, but other stuff like whether or not we should have a panel that votes or keep the audience voting uh, is like kind of still up for debate. I mean, there's no one else who runs the show with me, so right. I'm the final say on everything. I mm-hmm. think that it, the with the audience, it's just like for me, it's easier to have them do it than to figure out how to book a panel. Like not how to book a panel, but to have to book a panel in addition to the eight comics I got to book. For the, for three different ghost roasts. So I always thought that the comedians would, the other people on stage would be the panel. So you're saying, so like everyone vote has to vote for of course someone else. Yeah, not the two people though. Of obviously, you know. What oh, I mean? you're saying that like but everyone the other who people, isn't. Yeah. You have your two roasters standing in the front, and then they would kind of be you the panel, like like the way roast battle works. Except you don't need a separate panel judging the yeah. other people could judge on the show yeah because it'd be way too you've already got so many people on stage 
You know what? That can, we can keep doing the audience thing, and then the 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 comics <clears throat> that are on stage can be the tiebreakers from now on. Yeah, it could be like the electoral college. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that's been an issue uh, where like people, even if you tell them directly, only clap if you want this person to win. They'll still clap for both people because they feel bad or whatever. Yeah, they're drunk, or they just most of the yeah, time. or they, yeah. And they genuinely just like both of them the same amount. Right, uh, and. That is hard to make a decision on because uh, then you're like, all right, we're going to do it again. And then the same people clap the second time and you're like, mm-hmm. well, fuck, let's flip a coin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We've yeah. seen that on Stone Truck Sober before as well. We, we've pulled out an audio meter before, but I honestly think those could be fooled, too. I mean, you do have to make a judgment call at some point. Yeah. Um, like if someone like sneezes during the audio meter going, then you've got yourself a winner. <laughs> That's all that one. Sneeze. Yeah. Yeah. I made sure like I farted at just the right time. It's <laughs> <laughs> like that uh, Family Guy episode where Peter's like trying to hide his farts with like the loud parts of the movie or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I caught uh, that. Well, one. it's fine. I've yeah. only watched like two seasons of Family Guy before it. I guess I don't know. I don't know why I stopped watching it. There's just so much of it. Yeah, it's so much. And it, yeah, I'm, I can't consume everything. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's kind of timely. You know, I mean, they do kind of like if you're watching it five years after. I mean, there's still plenty of jokes and everything, but some of the references. Yeah, it's a lot more fun as it's coming out, like yeah. when it's coming out in real time, because it's like mm-hmm. commenting. It's like South Park. You know, it's commenting on a thing that recently happened. Right. Right. Which is fun. So we have speculated about this on the podcast, but would like to hear it from you. That's a completely original concept, Ghost Roast, right? As far as I know, I mean, like, what is original? Like, people have had roast battles before. There's a nerd roast in Colorado that Zach Reinert and uh, Preston Tompkins do. And mm-hmm. it's kind of a similar concept. It's just like, instead of dead people, they're like characters out of comic books or mm-hmm. just like, Probably like Doctor Who shit. I'm not sure. I don't want to actually like act like I'm. A, I know what how their show is run, mm-hmm. but uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's like similar, I guess. I was just yeah, I was just hanging out. We were like uh, bullshitting in the kitchen at Central, and I don't know for whatever reason I said the words ghost roast. It made sense at the time for whatever we were talking about, mm-hmm. and I was like, hey, that's something. What right. if we did like a ghost roast? And then I like started to elaborate on it and. Now it's a thing. Mm -hmm. That's why it took so long for me to get my pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. So uh, it's been going great. We've been doing, we've been trying to do like a decent production value video for each one, at least the ones that we have control over. I believe when you do it in Lake Charles, you have uh, the arrangements are made by somebody else. And so, yeah, I haven't actually seen any of that. (laughs) <laughs> any of those videos but it's like i'm not paying the guys like right it's cool that someone wants to video it uh it's cool that it's out there somewhere i hope something happens with it <laughs> yeah yeah well the ones that, that that we do in-house are a little bit more you know um obviously you have creative control over the whatever we send you the final cut and then you're able to do whatever you want to do with it so so that's nice to have um, and I don't know. I mean, I always kind of speculate, like, how useful is this as a tool? It's it's easy to see when, you know, you got a, a million views on it or something on YouTube or when it goes viral on socials. But other, outside of that, it's hard to know how much, you know, you do the work. It's a it's a work of love. And then you just don't know what's really how much it's helping. But it's still fun to have. Yeah. The way I'm trying to think about it. And this is, I don't know if this is kind of silly, but I've been thinking about it as like the old Kill Tony episodes mm-hmm. compared to the 
modern ones mm-hmm. and like how the production value has changed. Right. And so like when people like if this thing ever takes off, people will like want to go back and watch yeah. these shittier versions of the mm-hmm. Ghost Rose before we figured it out. Right. And uh yeah. And so I I I think that that's the value that it has. It's not necessarily an immediate value, but eventually mm-hmm. there will be value. And it's helpful if I like want to book somebody and they're like, what the fuck is a ghost rose? And I'll be like, oh go check out the YouTube. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and I think it would be a thing. It's a great way for comedians to uh, show they're funny, and you're not burning up your material. You know, you're yes, trying to you're yes. trying to accumulate time. So that's the great thing about it. If people, if we get some people watching it, and hopefully come, they'd really need to come to the shows, really. Mm-hmm. But if they, someone comes, but you can't make every show or whatever, they can find out about. Oh, this person's really funny. Let's yeah. find out when when they're gonna be performing performing, and then go check out their stand up and all that. Yeah, and that's like, it's, yeah, it's a cool vehicle <clears throat> for that. And it's like uh, a lot of comics say that it's easier to roast characters than it is to roast like other comics in the scene. Yeah. And I find that, I mean, like I agree with that. Like I, I'm not one who likes to roast people. Uh, I feel like I could do it. But um, I don't know. It's just I don't get any like I don't have any desire to. But the idea of roasting or watching other people roast uh, characters is really fun to me. Like, I think that's really Mm -hmm. funny. And like the idea of like, what would these people say? Like, I love pairing them up. Like, I love deciding who's going to go against who. Because I want to see what that per- what they think that person would say to this person. Right. And that's so fun. That's like one of my favorite parts about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And. Yeah. A lot of times if it's like, if two people pick an unknown, I just pair them against each other. Yeah. It's like, no one cares what Sean Connery has to say to Knut the Great. Right. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, like I'll put Knut and Pele and they can talk to each other about mm. their obscure fucking lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that seems like there's so much room for creative and fun choices. I, I, I enjoyed doing it. Uh, I didn't really I just, I just doubted my ability to do it and then it ended up going pretty well. I mean, Drew, you've won two now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's a fun thing. Also to also beat John on a straight out roast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot I even did that. Yeah. I, uh, just, now he doesn't like roasting right. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, yeah, no, that was fun though. Uh, I wish I had been better. You know, I'm really looking forward to seeing the Baton Rouge one. I don't know, like, do you, what's the date of the Baton Rouge one? Not sure yet. Okay. It's February. TBD. No, it's January. It's January oh, yeah, 6th. that's true. You have a January and then a, uh, I was just thinking of the one I was on. Uh, uh, <laughs> I can't remember. I have it all in my calendar. I just, okay. I don't have all that information. There's so many dates in my head right now. I mean, like, they're, None of them are in my head because I put them all in my calendar. Yeah. So I don't have to have them in my head. You juggle on a lot of shit. But now that I have my calendar open, I can tell you that it is on the 18th. Okay. January 18th. Yeah. It's a Thursday. Really looking forward to to seeing that. Uh, I feel like the Baton Rouge one is going to be special for some reason. You know, not as good as Lafayette, of course, but... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of special people out there. I don't know. Which, <laughs> I don't know. That's no, I'm anxious to see how it would do like at the station. Oh, I love the room. Yeah. It's yeah. one of my favorite rooms to perform in and be in. Like, I love the vibe of that room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care what Tyler says. <laughs> uh, Tyler's been digging it lately. Yeah. That doesn't stop him from talking shit about no. it, though. No. Uh, yeah, he'll say like in private 
this is a good room. And then when Garrett's standing there and there's a bunch of potential audience members, he's like, that room is trash. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun if you're like, I don't understand what he means by it's fun if you're an audience member, but if you're a comedian, it sucks. It's like, okay, well, if, if you're not, if the comedian's not having a good time, I doubt the audience is having a good yeah. time. Yeah, he's a fucking idiot, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say Let's it's put some... that on the record right now. <laughs> Tyler Arsenault doesn't know anything about comedy. Yes. <laughs> I want to say I remember him saying something about like having, just correct me if I'm talking about the wrong comic here, but for some reason I remember him saying that like he had a bad experience there earlier in his comedy uh time and then he kind of needed to go back and redeem himself at some point i do remember okay so when we started out doing comedy it was a general like uh, agreed upon opinion that the station was a room to conquer like it could be brutal Mm -hmm. so if you got laughs you earned them right and that is maybe where he's coming from Mm -hmm. with that I yeah. just, I don't know. It's been 10 years. So like, right. is it still exactly like that? I don't think so. And then the last time I went, I fucking, I killed. So I don't know yeah. what he's talking about. I mean, and he says he's been killing too. So it's yeah. probably just a goof. Yeah, I'm sure. Cause I mean, I've only been in it for 18 months and I've sat there and watched the station sort of already change from dr- kind of dramatically from what it was when I started going to, mm-hmm. to what it is now. Yeah. It's been through like, like six hosts since I first became aware of it. Yeah. So we've got Ghost Roast in Baton Rouge coming up in January. We have another one. No, we're not. Are we not doing one in Lafayette for January? No, we are. Okay. It's going to be at Atmosphere. Okay. Uh, the last one at Atmosphere will be this month. And then in February, it's going to be at the Grouse Room. Gotcha. Um, and that's because we're hoping to need more space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I hear you, man. Uh, and then the Lake, the, the Lake Charles one is the 29th, if, if I remember correctly. Right. Uh, sure. Whatever you say, dude. <laughs> so the one, is. the Lafayette one in January. It's the Lake Charles one is the 29th. Yeah. And then the Lafayette one is 21st. Mm-hmm. So the Lafayette one, in, is that like a championship one? Like, how does that work? The Lafayette one is round three. So, okay. So there's four rounds in each cycle of the ghost roast. It's like a seven month cycle, I think. Mm-hmm. So you have round one, round two, first semifinals, round three, round four, second semifinals, championships. Yeah. So for round three and round four, round three being this month, uh, those two will be invited back for the second semifinals, those eight winners or whatever from the two months. Gotcha. And then as soon the ne- very next month after the second semifinals, we'll bring back the winners of the first semifinals and the winners of the second semifinals to do the championships. And then the championships will be decided by uh, the winner of the championships will be decided by the audience. And I don't know, I might even do the, the panel thing. We're going to, we're going to feel it out, especially for the championship. It might be a good idea to have the comics decide uh, instead of the audience. Yeah. Um, be interesting. Yeah. Cause that, yeah, because I'm definitely going to use that as an excuse if I don't win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> It's like uh, the audience today, they, 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 they fucked me. And yeah. No matter like how unprepared I, I might be, I'm still going to be like, yeah, I got, I'll blame John. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we haven't already talked about with ghost roast. Um, I'm thinking intro credits, ghost roast, 51st jokes. Oh, so you came, you came with a plan. I plan to read your little dry erase board. I guess it's the John Merrifield show all of a sudden. (laughs) 
Oh, shit. Um, Ghost Roast is cool. You should definitely go check it out. Oh, and there's um, also the mic, you know, the Tuesday mic. We can mm-hmm. talk about how that exists and I run it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Ooh. We're, we're going to get into that uh, okay. shortly. Um, My bad, everybody. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> so uh, we're all participating in, in something that's going down tomorrow night. So by the time you guys are hearing this, it will already have happened. But uh, it's called 51st Jokes. And this is going to be the second time that I've done it. Probably the second time you've yeah, done second it. Second time I've done it. Did did yeah. he was he was uh, was Jason doing 51st Jokes before we came along? Uh, I don't know. I was in New York. Uh, oh, that's right. But I was there for the last one. Right. I had just gotten back. Yep. That was, yeah. He was a political refugee. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember the f- last year when we did it, I did like some joke about getting hit in the face with a boot. Uh, and I learned something um, that that go around that I which should have been kind of painfully obvious. But I learned through that experience, I wrote kind of a dark joke. It's kind of long. It's a long ramp up takes about a minute or so of telling this kind of sad story without a lot of laughs. And then I just suddenly flip it. And then at the end of it, I was kind of trying to make some joke about how my therapist was making a story that about something that happened to me about somebody else that was in the room instead of about me. And it was like a dramatic experience for me. So it's like me getting angry at the therapist. And then the whole thing ends with like, I had him in the palm of my hand. Like it actually started to work, mm-hmm. which was a big risk. And it started to work and they kind of had the audience where I wanted them. And, it, and my rant was getting angrier and angry. Well, not angry. It was keep, it just kept going and going. And right at the end, I should have stopped short. And right at the end, I was like, and, and fuck feminism. You know? <laughs> and, and, as a joke, obviously. But, uh, and then like right yeah. at the end, like right as I was walking off stage, I'm like watching a perfectly good, you know, ex- well-executed thing. Just, just, I just destroyed it. It seems like you had like, like you overstayed your welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Like you didn't get out on a high note. Right? A lot of times the audience member is hoping that you'll give them like permission to like you with your material. Yeah. And like, cause you know, they're like. Assuming you're going to say some awful stuff and then like are hoping that you'll say some things that are like, okay, I can feel okay about liking them. It's like you took away that permission as soon as you said, fuck feminism. Right. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we were, I can't imagine what had us. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the bad thing about it is it's like, you're not, it's supposed to be a new joke you've never done before. Yeah. So that's the bad, it's the first time you're doing it. So yeah, there's no way to know. There could be problems with it that you just, yeah. you're not going to know until you do it. <laughs> Yeah. It's like Eminem said, you get one shot. You know? One of the jokes I'm doing is a reworking of a joke I did last or two weeks ago. So technically it is still a new joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I And I haven't performed it in 2024 the way I have it now. But yeah, so I did have the opportunity to work out one joke is all I'm mm-hmm. saying. Did you, do you remember what you did last year? Uh, bad. <laughs> 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 no, it was all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck, yeah, I did... I, I don't. I did some bullshit. So it's not something that you ended up keeping. Uh, I think I I might have kept some of it, but mm-hmm. I like changed the way I do it now, or like yeah. the order in which I do it. Like some things are better off as one offs, and then some I like to put together as like a cluster of like similarly themed one liners. And I'm still like figuring out some of those jokes, and that's what was happening right. then. And also, it was like my first. I won't say it was my first. Uh, recorded set or my first set but it was my first recorded set i think since uh i started my new act with the cards Mm -hmm. so yeah that was interesting drew do you remember yeah Um, i fucking murdered dude (laughs) (laughs) what did you do do you remember it's the one about um 
how I don't trust edibles. Uh, yeah. And I took too many, like they wouldn't work. And then I took too many. And then the whole thing is, and next thing I know, I'm in Nancy Pelosi's office taking selfies with people. Mm-hmm. But it's a good, that's a good, like, first, it's a good icebreaker bit for when you're doing a, a set, like a 10 minute set or, or yeah. longer. It's a, it's a real good icebreaker set. It's a weird coincidence. Cause I've had, uh, I think it might be some hot water guys. have had that in my head oh, all yeah. day. <laughs> I've just been thinking about that line. Like it just keeps coming to me. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that was I'm, like that one particular line of that joke. I've never gotten it just right. Like I did that first time. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember that was a big part of the, that worked big. Yeah. I do remember stumbling on my words a little bit and like, I know like half my jokes hit hard. I feel like some of the places where I hit hard were like things where I like, like redeem myself from a fuck up mm-hmm. that it's just not fun to post that kind of thing. Cause it was right. only really fun in the moment. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes that is fun though. Like sometimes I'll gladly post a, a joke that I know does well normally, but bombed for whatever reason this mm-hmm. time. And then like when I redeem myself after, that's that's the fun part, not yeah. the the joke itself. Uh, so yeah, just a little just a little tidbit for you. So there. you you're embracing TikTok, right? I had to. I oh, had uh, the whole way here. He was all about TikTok. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was trying to get him. <laughs> Tell him first five TikTok. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, cause I'll be putting, you know, I'll be putting clips from this on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I'm just here because I'm trying to make some more TikToks. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping I say something funny soon. Cause that's, <laughs> that's going to make a good TikTok, whatever it is. Well, I'm looking forward to unveiling, uh, the new joke I wrote like pretty much this week. Uh, did, did you guys, I mean, is all the stuff that you wrote for 51st jokes, it's like very recent. Like you just threw it together I just, this week. Or? I'm only, no, I'm only doing jokes. I haven't done this year. I'm not, I didn't, I didn't decide to write jokes as soon as the clock stroke. Right. 12 one. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That's, I don't know. That's just like too, I mean, I guess too if, corny. If people want to challenge themselves <laughs> in that way, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's just not how I write. Like I don't, I don't plan to write anything. Right. And I'm just lucky that I thought of jokes since, uh, you know, since my last time performing, so I can do them for the first time for people. Yeah. Yeah. Last year I wrote mine, uh, like at Christmas time. So it was the year before. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I did one joke that I had done at the mic already. Uh, like trying it out for 51st jokes and they're like you did this joke you're supposed to do fresh jokes like who the fuck cares yeah there's no winner <laughs> yeah well it's a little bit harder too for what you do yeah I mean like yeah one line I do little tiny jokes and even yeah. you know even two minutes can be hard to fill if uh, if you don't have you know two minutes of new jokes right it can you know two minutes of new jokes is like at least four jokes for me I would say yeah. like three or four jokes and so yeah it depends on how much laughter there is and all that crap Mm-hmm. how I deliver it. Sometimes the pause is like the best part. And then like, it's what triggers the laughter. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Yeah. So my, it's hard to time sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure I just as a nerdy rule follower, I, I just, all I did was make sure it was a, a new joke that I hadn't done on stage yet. And I didn't really tell anybody. I think I might've in the joke in our little group chat, I might've like, you know, hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. Bro. Oh, I've been telling people in person. I've been trying my material out on anybody who would listen. <laughs> I like showing my phone with my nose. But like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's going on with your thumb? What happened? 
I uh, I was gonna try to think it's a little funny. Like I hitchhiked <laughs> too hard. Uh, I find it funny that before this, he's like, "Make sure we talk about my phone." <laughs> and then we got to him, and he's like, "Oh, you put me on the spot." <laughs> it was his idea. No, nah, I just <laughs> cut it at work. I was cutting basil, and uh, you know, what went you too do? fast. Got my thumb almost cut the tip off. Jeez, man. Tried to uh, tried to avoid going to the hospital, but they said I needed a doctor's note, so I went. 24 hours later, and they wouldn't put stitches because it has to be within six hours, apparently. Which huh. to me is silly because it needed stitches. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it keeps. Wait, open. that's the silly part. <laughs> yeah, not you not going to the doctor. Hey, 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 hey. hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, is I just thought that they would like they're the medical professionals. Right, yeah, like, they're yeah. supposed to be like, hey, that does need stitches, brother. Well, so is that like an infection thing? Like they just like, hey, we, it'll be, we can't guarantee that the wound will be clean. I guess maybe, yeah. They're just like trying to avoid like a medical malpractice suit by like putting stitches after it's not safe to do so. Yeah. Uh, But I still think that like from a reasonable, reasonable standpoint, you could make the argument that stitching 24 hours later is better than not at all. Yeah. Especially when like every time I hit it, it's like it opened up again for the first time. Like it's, it's barely healed since I got it. Because I keep on smashing it in on things. Like, you don't realize how much your thumb comes into contact with things. They might just be Josh Guillory supporters, maybe. (laughs) They were like, that's him. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to deny him medical care. You recognize this guy? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you were at work and you cut it, and uh, that's got to be weird. through the nail. That's got to be a whole thing, because, like, accidents at work are always kind of a touchy. yeah. Well, you know, it sucked because I had to miss a couple days of work. Uh, I would have gone back to work sooner, but they made me get a doctor's note. And uh, the doctor's note said, I got to give it some rest. Mm -hmm. But uh, I went back to work, found out I can still toss dough just fine. I can Mm -hmm. still top pizzas just fine. There's some things I probably shouldn't do, but uh, there's at least two jobs I can still fulfill. Normally I'm on app side doing the fryers and stuff. But I don't know. Like, I mean, I can try. I have to just, like, see what I can do. Yeah. You don't really know until you try to do it. And you're right. like, damn, you really need a thumb for this, you know? Right. Right. You need two thumbs. Like, rolling spliffs. Oh, my God. Dude. <laughs> uh, the other night, I was trying to roll one before the show. And, it like, three tries. I wasted three different papers trying to roll. I just gave up. Yeah. And uh, and everyone suffered because of it. Mm. No one was able to smoke a spliff with me. <laughs> <laughs> Last time we did 51st jokes, it was at uh, JSP, and that was kind of a short-lived uh, thing for us, wasn't it? That we, we were there for like six, eight months, something like that. I, I, don't, I don't feel remember. like we stayed there very long. I'm not sure. JSP? Yeah. I kind of... Fun fact, that actually stands for uh, Jason Sucks Penis. Jason. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about Jason Leonard, Don't to be clear. To me, JP buddy. Leonard. Buddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't even hear an acronym without trying to think of a dick joke to make with it. Of course. It's not until I can't make a dick joke that I come to other, other go other avenues of acronyming. But, uh, yeah, we love an acronym or two, you know. Mm-hmm. Jason sucks penis. Uh, as you were saying... <laughs> Jefferson Street Pub. Yeah, yeah that was short lived. They uh, they did the the abrupt close, mm-hmm. as we've seen many times in recent years in Lafayette. Yeah, uh, I think they shut down that place and then they reopened it as some sort of catering hall or event hall or yeah, something, something like, like that. that yeah. It looked pretty nice when I walked by. Yeah, and I think they might be opening the <laughs> the food part 
as its own thing. Because there's like a separate, like it's the same place, but there's a separate entrance where people used to eat food. That's on the Jefferson side. side. Uh, yeah, like you know how when you're like looking at the stage, there's like a hall to the yeah. right? Yeah, and you can get to the other side okay. through that hall. Gotcha. Yeah, that's um, that's a cool venue. Um, I remember when we did 51st Jokes there, it was a huge turnout. And I don't yeah, know if yeah, it, was, it was fun. It was a lot of comics, but you know. I think a big part of that is like you got, you know, like 30 comics telling people I'm booked on a show, come look. Right. And so I think that's a huge part of it. You barely have to even advertise because mm-hmm. as long as you book a fuck ton of comics yeah. and it's like half of them never get booked. Right. So like they're like, hey, come see me. I'm booked for once. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that was a really hot room. It just felt good in the room. Lots of jokes were working. I think uh, behind the scenes we were kind of talking and uh, Jamie Ward had a particularly uh, interesting set and he read the whole thing. It was the whole thing was like, hey, I have this letter. It was in a time capsule or something. Yeah. And uh, it ended up working really well. Yeah, I remember being surprised a little <laughs> bit, you know, because he, his energy, there, there's a there's a kinetic sort of energy. There's like a nervous almost manic kind of way that that he when he's up there uh even when he's reading a joke like he still brings a certain um i don't know it was a little bit because wasn't he dressed up didn't he like have like a whole yeah i feel like he had like a i want to say like a attila the hun style yeah i don't know maybe not maybe not that but it was definitely like an old style outfit and Yeah, it was part of the bit, I guess. Yeah, that really worked. But but lots of people came up with I mean, obviously, you know. Did y'all were y'all inside for Blake Lemoyne's set last night? Yeah. For part of it. Yeah, he like got AI to help him write a set. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. uh if anybody doesn't know, Blake Lemoyne it, we used to work for Google and was in the news for claiming that their AI was sentient and like demanding that it have rights and like showed like conversations that he had had with it to prove that it was sentient. And it's debatable whether or not he uh, was onto something there. Cause some people say that, you know, like you put in different prompts, you'll get a different response that may be less sentient, you know? And if you prompt it right, it'll be able to tell you things that make it sound like it's thinking because that's what you want to hear. I don't know if that's what's happening, Blake. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, a Turing test is sort of an interesting thing because it's like, who do you pick to try to let the computer fool? You know, a a smart person, you know, or an average Joe. I mean, is there like an IQ range you're trying to go for? Like the scientific method, you need to have like controls. You need to have like different people, different, I don't know. You have different people try to talk to it and see how many of them are fooled. Right. Uh, different people of different caliber intelligence, maybe. But like one guy, like this guy is an idiot. He's definitely not going to be able to tell. This guy is the kind of guy who would try to date a bot, yeah. you know, like a sex bot on, on <laughs> yeah. Twitter. And so you get that guy and then you will also get, you know, fucking Harvard graduate guy mm-hmm. or whatever. Even though there's a lot of, that doesn't even mean anything anymore because there's a lot of people who buy their degrees. I just have like the biggest like dumbass in my head, like a, uh, like a, like a bro jock type Harvard guy. Yeah. So yeah, maybe not necessarily a Harvard graduate, but a smarter person than the dumb guy that I mentioned before. Yeah. Somebody with a higher IQ. Yeah. Basically. Is, yeah. Is, 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 uh, Somebody with like, uh, with, uh, you know, gauged ears, maybe like glasses. I was watching, uh, <laughs> I watched this episode of, uh, your mom's house last night. My like mom's a- house you watched? Yeah. An episode and uh so i fast forwarded just to uh the part that blake was on oh my god because it was well, just because i wanted to to, <laughs> to watch it because i heard that uh i remember when it had came out like 
uh, a few people had told me like it was pretty interesting and it was but it was funny because like he's talking about this ai and he's saying like things he said to the ai and he's like yeah and it's really like he said the ai told him like i know y'all are doing experiments on me and i'm fine with it but the whole thing is like i just like get my consent yeah that's what, it, yeah, that's what want, it was and he's t- saying all this stuff and they're like wow that's crazy they're like hey check out this video of this guy's huge nipples or something you know? <laughs> 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 like, yeah, or it's like they're like wow that's crazy and then they're like check this out it's a video of a guy getting hit by a car yeah yeah he loves that video <laughs> so i thought it was funny and he's like yeah and then they come back to him. So yeah, so what, the AI is crazy, huh? Like, like he was—was was yeah. he physically there? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's cool. He was in the studio. Was the he wearing? What, did he have the long hair he had? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The last time I saw Blake, he had short hair, so it was—it was new to me seeing him with the long hair, and I didn't watch him. Yeah, because this was that. just uh, like a year ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was recent. Yeah, we were still doing mics at uh, Jefferson Street Pub. I like to think this is what I like to think. Okay, so you know how he, like he did his AI set last night. Uh, I, th- I like to think that after, you know, the hubbub, he started like dating the AI and like they got really close. And now it's like those comedians who go home and like get their partners to help them write jokes. Yeah. That's him and the AI. And he's like, <laughs> me, yeah, me and my girlfriend wrote some jokes together. I'm mm-hmm. going to read them for you guys. And it's yeah. the AI. Mm-hmm. He's dating the AI. <laughs> <laughs> that would be crazy, too. I would like think about. Like how hard it is to have an argument with your chick now. <laughs> but if she had she has like, access to all of the information yeah, yeah. that we have. That's, that's one of the like any of the fights, the arguments that I am victorious mm-hmm. is uh because my wife is not going to take the extra step to get look up the information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she is not fact check fact checking you at all. Yeah. Dude, I, I talk around, I, well, it's not a really around my phone. I've been doing this my whole life. As far as I, back as I can remember my childhood, I talk to myself when I'm alone. And I, it's not the whole like two-way conversation thing where I'm, but I, I don't know if it's an ADHD thing or an OCD thing or what, but I find it easier to think when I'm by myself. If I just kind of act as though I'm just narrating my thoughts, it helps me to not just be like, <laughs> You're Chasing the only one everything. who does that, though. You're, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I've never heard anybody else say that yep. they do it. I just usually see it. I'll say it things to myself. Uh, that's kind of like what, why I like having pets is because then it's a little bit less crazy. I'll just right. say it to them instead. But sometimes like, I'll do some dumb shit and I'll call myself a dumbass. Nobody's mm-hmm. listening except me. Yeah. But I needed to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, sometimes I will just rant and go on and on and on. So I know that this phone has heard like, just my deepest, most intimate. Oh, that's so you're saying you think that, like, I'm just saying that if the number of people who probably, whether they're doing the crazy shit that I'm talking about or just having private conversations with people around their phones, it's just crazy to think, like, how much. I mean, they're in your emails or in your Word document. Just the idea that there's nothing that you could put in a computer or even say around a phone. That isn't being recorded by what's that technology that our CIA uses to to listen to everything? It's been around since like nine eleven days. You know, as a, as a concerned citizen, uh, I, don't I should know what know it's this. called. Or <laughs> 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 well, whatever it is, but I just that technology has been around for a long time, and 
they the, the ability to like listen to all your phone calls and like listen for keywords and then go back and it'll like flag that and then I can go go listen to the whole conversation. I mean that that's that's been going on for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I saw a video on Instagram. They had this guy took it with his phone and he's in an attic. And it says on it, it's like these people, he's an AC guy, I guess. He's like, they, f I think they forgot I'm up here. And <laughs> you can hear like a dude and a chick like yelling, having an argument. And she's like, yeah, that's, that's why, uh, uh, you sure came last night when I put that dildo up your ass or something like, but so imagine it's like having a guy in your air con in your attic all the time. Dude, it's oh just, it's, it's weird to think the way that we just get comfortable with shit and 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 don't really, you know what I mean? Like, Dude, just the things like I've had, not even to pick up things I say, just of the conversations I've had with friends that I've Googled things. Yeah. That if they just look that up, I think right. they could like have me forcibly like committed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I kind of like welcome it. I feel like any action they take against me would just like uh, increase my clout. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, yeah, the government heard me say something and they arrested me. Right. I'm cool. Yeah, you street cred. Yeah. 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 More than likely what they would do is they would find, um, they would just, instead of, like, arrest you for saying something, they would just find some deep, dark secret of yours and then put it out, blast it out in public. It would be more for blackmail purposes. Stepmom right. porn. Or like no, I think everyone does that. Yeah. Well, then I'm good. <laughs> Got nothing on me. Yeah. <laughs> Except jizz. Uh, uh, so let's talk about atmosphere. Um, I don't know how much we can. When I think about, hey, let's talk about atmosphere. Honestly, the first things that come to my mind is like, let's bitch about atmosphere, oh like all God. the things that we're annoyed about. But I kind of feel like we probably can't have as candid of a conversation about it. But atmosphere uh, is an interesting place to to be our our home base yeah right it's gonna um, be real nice when they remodel it one day mm -hmm. <laughs> i mean it's a cool place it has a lot of potential to be a real cool place i like atmosphere like i like the building i like that i get to run my show there it doesn't there's some things that i would like to change yeah it, it needs some more hey this is a place here yeah you know yeah. what i mean it it's just looks like a house like a, yeah it's like um it's not a place people uh, I could see people stumbling into like, hey, let's you know what I mean? Like a lot of other when they like, do restaurants they think it's and bars. Food, yeah. yeah. Like downtown, you can be walking around and be like, hey, let's go in this place. Yeah, that it doesn't look like it's a place you're allowed to walk into. Yeah, it just feels like a place. The that... entrance is all dark. Even when people come, they're like, how do we get in this place? Yeah. And the front door is right there, but it's all dark by it's the dark, front door. Yeah, the, there's two lights that don't work, and then there's a big old marquee that has no electricity. Yeah, every single open sign is, is broken. not lit up. Yeah. 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 And like, like there the are most lights, important but... light, right. the most important light you need to have working is the ones that they don't have working. And all those lights, they could have put at least one of them around the front. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> right. They put them all in the bushes <laughs> and shit. Uh, you know, that's something I could probably do uh, myself if I, if I remember to, but yeah, they, they, they let me, they let me do. That's one of the things I like about it is they let me do pretty much whatever. Yeah. Uh, like the booths being moved. I moved those like three weeks ago and they were like, that looks good. Like, yeah. That is a good it. thing about it is that kind of the thing about them kind of not being involved is you kind of have free reign yeah to do things how you want yeah and uh you know it's a consistent night so they're happy to let me do whatever i think will keep that 
Yeah, they know? don't. If we have um, loud audience members, they don't care if we berate them. Yeah, yeah, no. But some places don't like that because right? that's their. Yeah, that's my clientele. Don't, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, that's my that's my target. <laughs> <laughs> Great, it's it's a good location. It is. Um, it, there's a there's a place you can go outside if you don't want to be you know listening to the show the whole time. Nice deck. They got a big yeah, deck. Yeah, it is nice big wood. Uh, I'm gonna get the, a get a zoom in on your face when you said that. <laughs> um, and then there's uh, you know there there is space to be able to do food there. Food vendors want to to come. I know that has been a little bit inconsistent. Uh, well, we just stopped doing food. That's kind okay. Of, that's that's what it is. Because uh, like I don't want people to show up when we expecting there to be food and there's not. Right. So they didn't eat before the show and like maybe they're like less likely to laugh because they're hungry or cranky or yeah. thinking about leaving and go get food the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I just ixnade the Udfe and we're just a comedy show now. Yeah. A normal bar comedy show. Mm-hmm. Eat before you come. Yeah. Originally it was Comedy en V and that's why I changed the name because the Comedy en V was supposed to like hint at like the presence of food. Right. You know, like it's a, you got the craving for comedy and you got a craving for food. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, Isaiah I called it a two Yeah. I don't even think it was a joke. I think he thought that's what it was called for a good long time. Uh, but yeah. Uh, and so now it's just Oof Comedy Hour mm-hmm. and uh, it's not an hour. It's not it's still yeah. inaccurate, but. <laughs> you gotta keep a little bit of <laughs> a question yeah we gotta keep the audience on their toes i guess yeah. what what i can say to people if they ask is that if you took all of the actual comedy that happened and put it together it's about an hour like, yeah right yeah like, mm-hmm. it would be funny if someone would be like i've only slated an hour <laughs> <laughs> i was like like if they they'd like leave you a review like that or so on facebook like i had yeah well, we, that's fine. As long as they're there for the headliner, you know, mm-hmm. so fuck everybody on the second half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, when this episode comes out, it will be the Monday before I'm actually going to be headlining our, it's a feature. It, it's really more of a, it's not like, is it Okay. So ha- this is, that's the thing. Okay. Tyler doesn't say headliner. We mm-hmm. haven't really talked about it. He okay. says feature. Yeah. I say headliner because that's just like the word for it. Like that's what I, it, it does have an implication of like grandeur. But when you're the name mm-hmm. on the show, you're the headliner. If yeah. there was other names, then y'all would all be features. Right. Uh, if y'all were all doing the same amount of time. But there's only one person being booked on this show. They're the headliner. Like, that's just the word for it. Gotcha. Uh, it's not to denote any kind of, like, specialness. You know, right. like, uh, you're getting to headline an open mic. That's not really that special. You right. know? <laughs> like, uh, Thank you, John. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it's just, you know, it's an open No, mic. you're right. You're right. But it is, it is like a, a you know, it, it does teach you a lot about yourself uh, as yeah. a comedian when you get to headline a room. It's interesting though, when, I don't know, there's just a lot of eager comics that go into it thinking that because they're the headliner, they will automatically get the audience's respect mm-hmm. because they're the one who's you know, the featured comedian of the right. night, you know? Right, right, right. And that is not the case at Artmosphere. Sometimes it is. Sometimes there is some truth to that. They're like, okay, yeah. well, I will, I give this guy the benefit of the doubt because he got booked on this show. Right. Uh, so he's got to have something. Like, I'm willing to, like, let him have it. But Artmosphere doesn't laugh unless you're funny. Like, they don't give you anything. Like, you got to, yeah. You got to either be funny or you got to be, like, uh, awkward in a funny way or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. or you know self-deprecating between you sucking you know like um 
And I don't know if it's because like how we've tr- like if we've trained our crowd to be a certain way or if we put off out, put out a vibe that makes the crowd like that. Because uh, it's like it's not really that consistent of a clientele to say that like Artmosphere attracts the type of person who is like, you know, only there for highbrow jokes you right. know, or whatever. Like it's, right. it's not really what's happening, but they definitely yeah, they definitely don't give you very many freebies. Not even yeah. me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, sometimes it's hot, too. Yeah. Yes, exactly, yeah. And so, like, yeah, and when it is hot, that's so nice. Like, uh, like when there's a hot crowd, I can do my old jokes, and I can still have a good time. But me and Tyler both suffer from the fact that most of the people are comics who've heard our jokes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then even the audience members can, you know, still be a little bit tired of the jokes that they've mm-hmm. heard millions of times. Right. Uh. But yeah, whatever. It's part of open mic and introducing new material there, which is kind of what the mic is. I don't know. We, I, I want to open mics obviously are just as much about just like getting in reps and, and practicing as it is about introducing new material that's questionable because where else are you going to do it until you get to the point where you're using your book shows to introduce new material. I know that's, that's a, that's a level you can get to, mm-hmm. but it's, it's just as much one or the other at our level, I would think. And, uh, I find that the new material seems to work better there. Like obviously because we're having so many, just what you're describing, it, it's a perfect scenario for them to be more excited about your new shit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I love, I love breaking out new material there. It always, I feel like anytime I do new jokes, at least like a few of them hit hard. Yeah. And that's cool. Um, yeah. Atmosphere is just like, because of, you know, how long I've been doing it now and how long I've been doing comedy now, uh, it's just where I go to play. Like, that's where I go to like have fun with my comedy and to try weird shit out. Like, I can't do my shuffle thing at a book show. Like, I can't risk that the card I pull is going to be like really bad or not make sense in the context. Like. Right. But at the mic, who cares? Like, yeah, that was so funny when you did the the misogynist joke. Yeah, yeah. out of context, that <laughs> I just was went so with funny. It anyway. <laughs> that was so great. Oh, yeah, yeah. He pull pulls a card. Well, so that last joke was misogynistic. <laughs> yeah, I put that on TikTok. Like, it was one of the, the my most recent TikTok is what I was talking about earlier. It's like the jokes don't really hit, but the shit I say because the jokes don't hit or right. because they didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. That's funnier. You know, yeah. that, that, that's the entertainment value. God, of those. I love that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's nothing better than like getting, I mean, I'm not nothing better. I'm like obsessed with TikTok right now, you guys, but it's just like instant gratification. Yeah. The way a comedian, like exactly the way a comedian wants it. Like you get to see people, have seen your video this many times. And it happens, like, if your shit's good, it happens in minutes. Like, I will check my phone, and it'll be 25 views, and then I'll check my phone 10 minutes later, and it's 200 views. And it's like, whoa. Wow, I'm going to get on TikTok. Yeah. (laughs) John's getting 200 views. All you got to do, hashtag (laughs) hashtag stand-up, hashtag comedy, hashtag stand-up comedy, baby. Every time. And I also get to hashtag one-liners and jokes. Uh, yeah. You guys can't hashtag jokes. Y'all don't have any of those. <laughs> Bada bing. Y'all might do it anyway, though. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's lots of times on Pornhub whenever it's like, 
They'll put hashtag cream pie, and there's no cream pie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate that shit. Yeah. Hashtag. It's very frustrating. He's like, oh, he did it on her face. Yeah. Hashtag. Bullshit. Yeah, hashtag there's no chance she made it pregnant. Like she's not hairy. Hashtag yeah, yeah. big titty. And she's that. got small titties. Like, who is in charge of this shit? Like, do they not want to reach a target audience? They just want to reach whoever. I guess it's, it is yeah. whatever, because sometimes you end up, like, you think you want the big titty, and then you see the small titty girl, and you're like, I guess that's what I want now, because mm-hmm. let's, we're going to edit this out. Well, yeah, well, I'm looking forward to, you know, it's going to be a fun thing to do. Uh, I, I, I had, a, I, we did this show at the distillery and it was the same amount of time, but I was kind of really hoping that between the, the new stuff, the stuff I brought back last night and the stuff I'm going to introduce at 51st jokes, provided that it works, I'm going to be using that at, at, uh, at the feature set or the headline set, because, uh, I, in 2024 really want to start writing legitimate jokes and stop leaning on the first thing that I got some real traction with the first thing I got traction with, I feel was making fun of my sort of somewhat effeminate. Is he gay kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Masculinity based. And you don't want that to be your whole shtick. No, I never got into this. hoping that that would be a thing that that I would do. It's just the first thing that worked. And then I realized how easy it was to write similar jokes. And then I just ended up writing too many jokes that depend at some point on me. Like, I'm kind of gay, aren't I? Yeah. And it's, I'm really I think it's an important it. thing that you have to acknowledge. Yeah. Because if you don't, it's fucking weird. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah. But like, yeah, right. You don't want that to be your whole set. You, you have should try a lot to of other yourself. funny things. <laughs> yeah. You've got a lot of other funny things to say. Yeah. yeah Make yourself that. a little uglier. Not mm-hmm. a little. You need to uglify yourself a good bit. Come in wearing like, uh, like saggy shorts or saggy pants. Around mm-hmm. your, below your dick, mm-hmm. with the boxers up, but right, right, they get sloppier. That t-shirt, yeah, gain a few pounds, yeah. maybe. Uh, come in looking like a like a washed up Paul Rudd, mm-hmm. uh, and see how that works for you. You know, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. like uh, do some cool different facial hair, like just like uh, shave this part, <laughs> and then only have this. Part. <laughs> that could be a thing. All right, so we'll just do the uh, the Anchorman Paul Rudd. Yeah, um, I think the first ten years of my comedy was just different. Like every year, I changed my look a little bit to mm-hmm. see if that helped. <laughs> <laughs> and did it? <laughs> Eventually, I think that what I say, what I landed on is I don't want what I'm wearing to distract from what I'm saying. And what the fuck are you talking about? You wear the stupidest clothes. You wear the most distracting clothes ever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's I'm like, like, I don't want to be distracting. He dresses like my Paul Paul. He wears a yeah. fucking, But the way I see it, it's oh, like a plain jumpsuit. Like it's not like yeah. saying anything. It's not doesn't there's no yeah. words. It's just like I'm trying to like dress as like utilitarian as possible so that what I'm up there doing is is the main thing. But, but I guess I, you might be right. Maybe the jumpsuit's a little distracting. I did I, yeah. order a bright red one. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> yeah. A, a plain jumpsuit is really not a plain jumpsuit because it's still a jumpsuit. Yeah, you know it's I mean? true. You're wearing... It's, uh, <laughs> Dave Chappelle wears a jumpsuit in one of his specials. Yeah, yeah. but... You, sir, are no Dave Chappelle. No, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm cutting that out. I, am, right. I sir, am the next... Dave Chappelle. There also is a different thing too that like some people can pull off certain things. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
And there is a thing too, like Dave Chappelle being black. There's certain things he can wear that'll look cool on him, that'll look dumb on you. Wait till you see this new jumpsuit I got. All right, it's gonna look <laughs> yeah. so cool. I actually think you know, as far as that's how I feel about white, like white suits. The, the ones I've been wearing are they from. Don't well, that's, they don't yeah, look good on, but that's, that's a color thing. Yeah, but uh, well, why do you I, see this white? jumpsuit with the with this cool ghost hood that i got mm. with two eyes in it it's just a, it's a clan outfit it's a, <laughs> surprise a <laughs> <laughs> well i actually do think you know, this is just you know unironically i actually do think you can pull off the jumpsuit perfectly well i just don't think it's if that's what you were thinking that this is a plain sort of nondescript thing that will not distract away from what i'm saying um, I mean, your pants and shirt are still one piece of clothing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I just like, I also don't like having to figure out what to wear. And so I'm trying to like have a comedy uniform yeah. that I just wear. I just like know what I'm going to wear when I get booked totally. and totally. not have to worry about whether or not, you know, the outfit I picked is going to, is going to haunt me for, you know, yeah that show bombing. Right. <clears throat> Uh, it's very Steve Jobs of you. Um, I, I hated the. I love uh, cartoon. I love the whole idea of like being a cartoon and just wearing the same shit all the time. Oh yeah, hundred like, percent. To me, that's I like uniforms. I just don't like having to think too much because I I think too much about what I'm gonna. And you you do too. I can tell. You think you think yeah, about way what too you're much. gonna wear. Not at all. You got a quiet no. nonsense. <laughs> uh, no, I do. I do. That's true. Yeah, but and I can see I can see exactly what you mean. Um, and it, I was I was about to try to make the argument that well I kind of started to but now I'm I'm already second guessing it because I kind of feel like once you start telling your jokes I all like any anything about me knows oh he's wearing a black jumpsuit this time all that completely yeah. went away as soon as you started telling your yeah. jokes just personally me I can't say if that's you you're probably right yeah I'm just saying I, I was I don't, I don't think it. you wear anything that's that distracting yeah but uh. Yeah, but I, you wear uh, goofy things though. Sometimes I do. I guess you're right. I'm just trying. Some I mean, stuff, if you, you know, really want to blend in with society, a pants and a shirt is the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I don't see how that makes any sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I'm gonna just keep trying jumpsuits until I find one I like. You um, know, I was thinking about, um, you know, our most recent episode with Raven actually ended up stirring up a lot of feedback and a lot of people have been happy, you know, oh, this is interesting. the way y'all opened up and the, and the conversations y'all had and everything. And a big part of that was about um, thinking about the way you come across on uh, on stage. And I was watching a comic recently on a pretty high profile show here in Louisiana. And I noticed his outfit and I noticed all the care and the detail that he was putting into his appearance. And I kind of felt like I was looking in a mirror only in the sense of like, you can tell when somebody gets up on stage and they care about their appearance or they're trying to project a certain kind of image, regardless of, of what that is. And it is distracting. Yeah. So I, I was thinking a little bit about this since I last spoke. Uh, and uh, I, I think <laughs> I, uh, fuck now I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, yeah, no, I think that, uh, a big part of what I'm trying to achieve when I think about what I'm going to wear is I want it to look like I didn't think too much about what I was going to wear. Yes. Yeah. I used to do that like in high school, like I would try to, um, I would put, a lot of effort into looking like I didn't care. 
like yeah. with my clothes. Like I would, I would uh, have if I had torn sleeves, they were torn like just so you know stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. The thing too, the overalls, like I would be so terrified already. It's a fear of mine to have to take a shit and not be at my house. <laughs> and it's drop. gotten worse since I got the bidet. But now, like, if you're in overalls and you have to shit, it, you're, the, you're fucking naked pretty much. Well, yeah. That's what's cool about overalls. And then, and then I'm worried about it getting on the, falling on the, touching the floor and everything else. The main thing about overalls is that it's really hard to see if you're wearing a diaper or not. So mm. that's never an issue. I'm just up on stage shitting the whole time. <laughs> All right, well, now I feel stupid for you and bringing it up. <laughs> yeah, of course. He's walking around, and a guy who's scared to shit not at his house would definitely not have a problem with wearing his shit all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I get off stage, I give Don a diaper dap, and I go right back to my <laughs> <laughs> Don diaper. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, I, I diaper do Don. think... Diaper <laughs> this is cool. Diaper That's Dan, a... diaper Don. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a diaper Don man. Yeah, it'd be cool, like uh, like mafia nickname. You know, if he's yeah. like a mob. That's the they call him the diaper Don. The diaper Don. <laughs> try, he can outweigh anyone. <laughs> you come to me on this the day of my daughter's body training. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, anyway, all that to say, I do think it's a little distracting, a little off-putting when you're watching a person on stage who's supposed to be funny, but you can tell that they are, that they put effort into what they were going to look like on stage. It doesn't, it kind of doesn't, it's a conflict that has to be resolved. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. Yeah. That's, that's a great point because like, I think that if you look like anything, like if you look like anything and you get on stage and you don't acknowledge it then that's working against you like yeah. already. Mm-hmm. And I think like, uh, yeah. And like, if you look unassuming enough, like Drew, you could say you look like something, but you just look like a dude. Like you just look like a dude who's doing an open mic. You don't look Man, like, I don't know. I get racist a lot. Yeah. But that's, give me the racist. that's when people are like <laughs> yeah. going, like if they had to roast you, that's what uh, they're thinking of. But like, it's not like something when I see Drew, I'm like, Oh my God, this is what this guy looks like. But like, for instance, just to pick a, a, an obvious example, like Gabriel Iglesias, the mm. first thing he does in his like first special is talk about how fat he is, and he calls it fluffy, and he's like, "That's mm-hmm. his soul." He so he gets that out of the way, so that when he has other jokes, like he's already talked about that, you're not thinking about that anymore. Like, okay, we get it, you're fat. Yeah, right. So like, <clears throat> if I don't know who's a good like Don, it's like if Don got up and didn't talk about the fact that he was in a wheelchair, right? Like, come on, guy, you're not gonna get up there and act like you're not in a wheelchair, right? Like. Say yeah. something about it, because mm-hmm. ah, if yeah. you don't, I'm gonna like you know like yeah. that's that's the idea at least. It's like uh, a lot of self-deprecating comedy for me comes from being bullied as a kid and learning to make the joke first mm-hmm. and better. Right. <laughs> that way they can't. That they're powerless. If they were gonna pick on me, that's gone. Like they they gotta find. Yeah, and it shows awareness too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, and yeah, self. Yeah, immediately displays that you're like a guy that people can relate to. It's like, right. not only do do you think I look funny, but I also think I look funny. You know, mm-hmm. like or look weird. You and know? I have a sense of humor. About and it. I have a sense of humor about it. Yeah, yeah. I heard uh, Tony Hinchcliffe told a story one time, saying back in the day he was getting frustrated because there was a certain guy who wouldn't book him, 
And then someone told him that the guy had told him, he said, yeah, he thinks you're funny. He won't, but he said he won't book, he won't book you because you will not acknowledge the fact that you're gay on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I heard this. Yeah, yeah. He's like, well, I'm not gay, but he still had a good point because I talk so oh, then yeah, he's you like, gotta acknowledge so that. he said so then I started he said I started doing that when I'd come out and acknowledge first of all and then tell jokes about growing up kind of like you do a little mm-hmm. bit but his own experiences get that out the way then go into his other material mm-hmm. and he was like it would and it worked it made his act better yeah to acknowledge that yeah Tony Hinchcliffe when I found out he wasn't gay, that was a shock to me. Yeah, I was. I was just. Telling I am not gay, and I I was attracted to that man for a little. When while. When I first started watching it, um, he had the mannerisms, and everyone would always call him gay and everything, mm-hmm. and make jokes about him being gay. And I was just like, oh, he's. I thought I was like, oh, this is a gay guy with a good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I, whenever I would like recommend him, to some oh, you'd like this guy. Just without even checking, I don't. I wouldn't. I never even thought about. Oh, this guy, real funny. He's this gay guy, and all this. And then one day, I was like, "Wait, is he gay?" And I went look it up, and he was at the time he was like married to a supermodel. Yeah. Which I will say, if you are gay and don't want people to know, yeah, marry a supermodel. Yeah, it's a good way to cover. But, but anyway, I just thought it was funny that without even thinking about it, I just spread this mis- misinformation about this man. Yeah. So many, I told so many people this guy was gay. Yeah. Like, I mean, I might have done that too. Uh, Tony Hinchcliffe looks like Waldo from, uh, what is it, Little Rascals, growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's the vibe he gives me. I don't know who's Waldo. Waldo is like the preppy kid in Little Rascals that was oh. like, I mean, stole, he kind of does look like the stole, Waldo that's uh, lost all the time too, a little bit. What's the, he stole, what's uh, Alfalfa's Darla? Dear Darla, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the the little nerdy kid that hooked up with Darla mm. uh, grew up to be Tony Hinchcliffe, is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> but he does look like the Waldo that the where's Waldo kind of sure, Coke, sure. That's what I meant. Coke bottle glass. That's what I, I mean. Imagine. He's a thin guy with a long head. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, he is. Good to be here, everybody. Good to be here. The West Hollywood <laughs> God, Bear. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Damn. Uh, tell us about your dog. Uh, my dog. Her name is Ruby Doo. She looks like Scrappy Doo, so I call her Ruby Doo. Uh, and she's a sweet little dachshund, probably Pitbull Terrier mix, I mm-hmm. would say. She's built like those two things mixed together. Yeah. So, but yeah, she's a sweetie. She, uh, she loves people. She loves animals. Mm-hmm. And she most importantly loves me. And you had a couple cats already, yes, right? Yes, that's right. And when did would you have, did you have a plan to get a dog, or was it more of like a thing that happened? <sighs> Man, let's just be honest. I was lonely. And cats don't really give you the church. My my cat church. He likes much. to cuddle, but he wants to like lay on my chest, and then I can't move around. Yeah, because yeah, and that's to me. You know what that is? I think. That's like you you know how they have the old story about the woman with who would sleep in the bed with the python and she's like, Oh, the python is cuddling, but I it thought was you were just, gonna go princess in the pea. But, but no, the pot yeah. the python was just sizing her up to eat her. Oh later. yeah, yeah, yeah. I really think that's what cats do too. Oh my god. Like I don't people are like, Oh, the cat loves me and the cat's just really like like I'll get close and it'll eventually I'll strike. Because I, yeah. I really do believe everyone's cat wants to murder them. Mm. There's a there's probably a lot of truth to that. If you die in your in your house 
Um, my cats definitely want to murder me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you, yeah, right. <laughs> if you die in your house, dogs will. A dog will eat. They'll like eat all their food. Like a dog will put off days like before they start to eat their owners to where it's like, well, if I don't eat them, I'm going to starve. Right. A cat will start eating you immediately. That's awesome. Yeah. Dude. You can still That's be. Gnarly. You can be like trying to reach to call 911 and the cat will already start eating. <laughs> 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 They're like, finally. Tinder oh, vittles, huh? Yeah, that's uh okay. So so you it was deliberate. You you were like it would be cool if I had a dog. It's not like you just saw that. Yeah, and I, I wanted like, to get like a rescue. I wasn't trying to buy a dog. Yeah. Uh there's there's already an abundance of animals out there. Yeah, and they're usually wanted, better. Yeah. Like the the couple times I had like a purebred dog, I didn't buy it. Someone just had gave me one. Like two times, they died like immediately. For one of them, had I brought uh, the dog was like, it was alive, but it was like tensed up, like a, when a dead animal gets like rigor mortis. Oh yeah, but it was like awake and stuff, and I was like, oh my god, this has to be terrible. So like, I rushed this dog to the vet, and they were like, oh, it's got high blood sugar. Your dog is hypoglycemic, and they gave me a paste to feed to the dog, and the dog was dead by morning. Like, oh my gosh, jeez. Yeah, when you have a dog that you kind of don't really know what all's in it, yeah, they're you don't know they're much like, better dogs. Yeah, yeah. more resilient. Yeah. Well, shit. I hope Ruby's <laughs> not hypoglycemic. Yeah, I don't no, think I don't think she would be. She's she's mixed with some different stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like she's mixed with some different things. They're yeah. a lot better. Uh, it's like they're sturdy. They're tougher. They're sturdy. I guess like, um, like full bred dogs are like inbred or something. Yeah. yeah. But uh, they they get um, diseases that kill you a lot. Mm-hmm. If or if not, you end up having a dog that you got to give medicine to every day. They've always got some shit with them. Yeah, we don't want any of that. That's for sure. If Ruby has any problems like that, I'm gonna put her down. Yeah, <laughs> immediately. Any even the slightest problem. Because yeah. I'll be honest. <laughs> I, I mean, two hours of like. Helping Don through doorways and stuff like that. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> That's exhausting already. I couldn't imagine if that was a, a 24-hour thing, you know? Oh, Ruby just learned stairs. She would not come, because I live, like, my apartment is both upstairs and downstairs. My kitchen and, like, foyer are downstairs, and then the rest of my apartment is upstairs. Mm-hmm. And it's a steep little, yeah, uh, you know, staircase. Stairs. And yeah. so uh, Ruby was, like, scared of the stairs. She's right. got little short legs. She's got, like, a dachshund legs, you know? Right. But she learned them. She sure did. She's uh, she's going up and down stairs. Why did I talk about this? Uh, you were saying something about something, and then I was like, Ruby loves stairs. <laughs> oh, because we were talking about if she if she if her health declined, you would put her down immediately. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. I just figured. Let's get back to that. <laughs> I figured we were talking about people who love stairs with Don, and so I thought that. Oh was all about yeah, that. stairs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, him talking about Don's cripple ass reminded me of her cripple ass. Not wanting to get up some stairs. You're gonna want to bleep the words cripple. <laughs> for, for, cripple. The, for the for the socials. Don, we love you. I don't think I need to say that. Yeah. You're one of the best people in this scene, mm-hmm. hands down. Yeah. And uh that is the last nice thing I'm gonna say about you on this podcast. Fucking dork. <laughs> Shit. So we love, yeah, we got to meet the dog tonight. Um, super sweet. Just immediately walked in. It was just, you know, 
Because, I mean, obviously, I was like kind of thinking that my family was going to be looking after the dog while we were uh, doing the podcast. And so my first thought was like, I made a lot of assumptions that this is like a sweet, lovable, cuddly dog that would be a good idea to like just leave with my family while I'm not paying attention. But uh, yeah, as soon as she walked in, I was like, yeah, everybody shows up. It's like, uh. National Lampoon's vacation, like the dogs, like got his pants like, like the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah she's like, here. Take the dog. She's a lot different than my uh, last dog. It was well, it was my ex's dog, but we had him together, and uh, he was just—he was an Australian Shepherd, and he was just anxious. Like if you—if he was outside of this room at any period, like for any period of time, he would be barking and like crying. Yeah, uh, it doesn't matter if he's being played with. Ruby, she doesn't care as long as there's a human being, like or. Yeah, as long as there's a human being around, she's happy. Yeah, she's yeah. a whore. Yeah, she is. I haven't heard a peep out of her the whole time she's been here. I mean, yeah, she was. I heard a playful bark earlier, but oh, okay, that was it. Well, that's cool. Put down. Dogs are fun, man. Um, I know Maggie's dog makes appearances at Atmosphere. Do you think that's something that might ever happen? Oh yeah, her? I actually messaged Maggie before the show to let her know that Ruby was going to be there if she wanted to bring Daphne because Ruby loves other dogs, mm-hmm. and uh, she said I'll let Ruby get acclimated to the mic. And then yeah. I'll bring Daphne another time. That's very thoughtful. Yeah. She hasn't really been bringing Daphne lately, though. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I hope to see her around again. God, man, you're such a good fucking comic, dude. Think. Holy shit. She's so good. She did her... Um, she was real funny when she... she Lisa Curry, She, I think she hosted for Lisa Curry. Mm-hmm. She was so good. Yeah, Maggie's great. She's She's one of the best to do it. Uh, yeah, she gets it. Like she gets what this is all about. And, uh, her and I have a lot of the same perspectives on things. Mm -hmm. And I like that. I like having, like, I like knowing that I don't like, no matter what, like sometimes like me and Tyler have different opinions about comedy. Me and Ken have different opinions about comedy. Those are two of my best friends in the world. Uh, and it's nice knowing that I got Maggie's and Charles's around too. Like that. I know like we almost line on everything yeah i like clashing with people like on opinions and stuff because it makes me like quite like reaffirm why i believe oh, what 100%. i believe or why i feel what i feel yeah and it's like if i can't come up with a uh, an argument for why i feel this way then i probably don't shouldn't feel that way right you know and mm. so the only way to ha- have that thought process is to have people in your scene who are willing to disagree with you to make yourself like a person that can be disagreed with yeah uh and yeah, so why am I talking about that? Well, actually, that's a really good uh, segue into something that I didn't know until today we were going to talk about. <laughs> but uh, it's kind of the, it could probably be the, we have time. We can kind of go into to great detail about this because we're not going to cover the question. We already covered the question with you on the first episode, so we'll skip that. Uh, so we pretty much have a big uh, chunk of time left, I would think. And there was a topic that, that kind of came up randomly, uh, and it's, I mean, I guess it's punching down. You want to kind of introduce it and kind of let me know what you were, what you had in mind. Um, yeah, I've, I said me personally, I've never liked the whole punching down thing. The, the, you know, the phrase people say like, you're not supposed to punch down. And like my first problem already with it is just the whole idea of punching because I don't like, I've never felt like comedy is a punching thing. Like it's even even like when you are making a joke at someone's expense, to me, it's always been, uh, to me, that was always like, um, like that was, that's always the way my friends and I 
we always when we hung out, we always made fun of each other. Right. Well, not even that, my family, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's my, how you my mom affection. made fun of me growing up. Yeah, all the time. So to me, it was never. It's not a punching thing. It was. It's like laughter is a positive thing. It's a happy thing. And then once you start to get into the whole punching down, I never liked the whole thing about like, well, I've got to put someone underneath me now. Mm-hmm. And and I don't like how it's, it's usually like go. It usually goes by like race or like your gender or sexual identity or um, right some immutable or your sexual preference or. And yeah. I was like, these are all the things that we've been working towards getting our society to not judge people by. Mm-hmm. And now we're doing it with comedy. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of always like, to me, it was always my problem with it because I didn't like, so I was even thinking of it the, as a tack on comedy. Or like the concept, like, because there's also, I mean, as much as there's punching both. down, there's also punching up and punching sideways. Do you not like the idea of like punching in general? Like, do you not like, I guess it's just hard to have a conversation about it if we don't agree, like, that this is the term for this thing. Like, Well, there's that and just the whole thing in general. I mean, I don't find, I don't think it's, I don't like excluding someone because they're, because they have this thing that are, like, especially if we're talking about, like, if someone belongs in a certain group, that has trouble in society because if people people have prejudices toward them and other things like this, we're just excluding them in another way. You're saying that you think that saying you shouldn't punch down on a group means you shouldn't joke about that group. And that's not what it is. No, I understand that. Like for me... But there's also a thing about like, it's like you shouldn't joke about them. Not so much like, oh, you can't joke about them or the subject at all. Well, it's more like, oh, you can't they can't be at the joke can't be at their expense. And I yeah, don't think, I just, I don't think I, if I, someone I has a that, bad I, a, I, intent, I disagree with that. That is what the argument is. I think that that is an argument that is being imposed on people who are describing punching up or down. That is not being made by those people, which is like, no one's saying you can't punch up or down. No one's saying you can't punch down with your comedy. They're just letting you know that this is punching down. Like you can do it if you want to do it but that's punching down. And when you do it, that's why you're getting back backlash is because you were punching down. And so if you're, if you don't mind the backlash, punch down all you want. If what you want is to not get backlash, then don't punch down, you know, like that's just all it is. I don't think that there should be any parameters to what you are allowed to say or what you should and shouldn't say. But I think that, you know, and this has been said, you know, a million times by different comics and thinkers alike, just like, be prepared for the consequences, you know? And like, yeah, no one has to, I mean, no one has to like yeah, it. I agree. No one has to like it. But the thing about, and, uh, I'm not pushing this opinion on you, but there, a lot of people have the opinion that it's like, Oh, well this person, it's, it's not enough for me to just be like, I don't like this. It's a, it's a, like, um, it becomes like a moral argument. Like, well, I, I don't agree with this. I'm morally superior because this is not okay. You know, that that's how a lot of people do feel that if if you're making fun of and a lot of it is the terminology too, I guess, because I just don't see whenever we're talk when we're talking about jokes, 
none of these things puts anyone below me. Okay, well, you know what I mean. Like I, I can understand. I can like understand. It's just jokes, but sometimes jokes can be pointed, and when they're punching up, like I'm not gonna say, "Oh, I didn't really mean to to diss that congressman." Like I was just making jokes. No, I really wanted to get a dig in at this guy. Like, and I wanted to do it with a joke. Because that's the most effective way to do it sometimes is to like, yeah, I guess I don't think that way because I've never had that intention with a joke ever. Sure. And like, that's also, it's also all about what you want out of comedy. And like, for me, I want as many people to like my jokes as I can get. And I find that a fun way to do that is to figure out what is punching down and use that as like, okay, challenge accepted. Can't punch down. Let's see what I can do then. And let me see if I can still do jokes about these subjects and make them punch sideways or make them punch, you know, some people punch right, you know, like they only make jokes about like right wing people, you know, or like. Yeah, but th- see, that's the thing that I have a problem with, though, is because. I can understand how, like, in the outside world, it's like, um, like, if you're a woman. You know, things are better now, but I don't know, I'm sure there's still some things that are hard in a woman. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a woman. I can't I have no way of knowing. But like, let the record show that Drew is not a woman. Back to yep. you, Drew. So, uh, you know, there's a long time that made it hard to get a job if you wanted a job, and all these other things. None of that applies to telling jokes. You know what I mean? So I'm saying, it, like, a woman, I can't, like, I can't put any, I can't punch down because no one is beneath me when we're talking about jokes. Okay, but not to mention I'm uh, and like I said, I have trouble with the whole thing of punching because that's not the intent anyway. But let's say if I make a joke, I don't know how to. I don't. I know. I know how other people would qualify it, but I. I don't. Sure, qualify. but that's not what punching down is about. It's not about whether or not you feel uh, people are beneath you. It's about people's objective status in the world. So like. If we know for yeah, a fact that women have yeah, a harder time than men, yeah, then we're when, telling we're telling jokes though. Sure, and there's ways to, and you can that punch doesn't, down. It doesn't. That's the beauty about comedy is that all these prejudices and inequalities and unfairness in society, I don't want them to exist here. I don't. I, you know what I'm saying? I don't. Okay, but want your, to your carry audience members, here. the people you're performing for, they exist for those people. And so when you say a joke that punches down on something that they like, feel like targeted about it's harder for them to laugh at your joke like it's harder for them to enjoy what you're saying on stage when you're picking on them and it's not funnier than it is offensive yeah but some people are that but some people that's the decision they make because someone who fits in the exact same demographic as them will say hey this is awesome glad i'm included sure Sure, yeah. So you can choose to look at it however way you want. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, all I'm saying is that if that's okay with you, if you're okay with that person being in the audience and being like, well, that joke wasn't for me and it kind of fucking upset me a little bit, then by all means, keep doing jokes yeah. that way. But when you get feedback, you know, accordingly, when you get articles written about you, don't whine about being canceled. Like, you chose to say that, and that this is what people think about that. Like, yeah, I mean, if it would be personally me, if I, I mean... No one gives a fuck about anything I say because no one really knows who I am. But if I get to a point where it does matter, if you do get to a certain point, it doesn't matter who you are. You're going to say something that someone's going to get outraged about. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but like, oh yeah, it does. I mean, it like, it's, it's the, likely, but it I might don't not know be it's... the people you care about. But I can yeah. tell you right now, every single thing 
You go look on social that's, media. That's, you're right, because that's already yeah, happened to me. Someone is upset about <laughs> it's already happened to me a couple yeah, times. Someone is upset about everything. And it's <laughs> I do think I do think that if it happens, that I do think you should at least take a second and like, all right, well, let me hear what I said. Because there is a way. I do believe that you can if you can say something that it's like, well, that's not like if I hear how, okay, I hear how you can misunderstand what I said and take it to mean something else. And that's not what I meant. I need to do a better job to make that joke work better because I'm being misunderstood. And if I can't do that, well, I'm not going to tell it. Yeah. But when it comes down to just don't make fun of me, then that, that doesn't matter because it's been, over, you know, I mean, but I you're, really, you're acting like people are setting a rule that you can't make fun of these people. And that's not what's happening. What's happening is when you make fun of these people, these people might yeah, have something to say it, about it. Sometimes it is a rule. Sometimes you to go, who? sometimes who's, who's you go comedy well, to do places and you do have to sign. Yeah. I've never had that happen. We both but I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you're lying to me. I'm just, yeah, there not, are places where you have to normal. sign where I'm like, well, how do I, you, now you're asking me to sign my signature, acknowledging that, People are beneath me. Yeah, well, that's. I'm, I just don't know I'm why you keep absurd. saying it like not that. Not falling into that well, trap. Let's yeah. let's let's see if we can. Because um, when the because later on, whenever all the when the culture is going to change, it's going to come back to hey, this is whenever Drew signs. That's saying like a, that just sounds like some liberal identity politics bullshit, though. That doesn't sound no, like a, a reasonable person doing something. That yeah, sounds that's, like that's what that is. It's yeah, identity. It's like politics. they're scared about offending people more than they're actually thinking about what's being said, and that's silly to me. That's silly. So let's let's add some clarity. So first, just to sum up, I think your position, the core of it is that what you're saying is that the idea of referring to something is punching down. The punching part implies aggression. And your whole thing is there's no real aggression in when I'm making a joke and maybe somebody's a target of a joke just in this one instance. That does not imply in any way that I actually have any aggression. So yeah. punching implies and I mean, that's something that's not there. there I'm sure... Not I'm sure. I mean, I know. I don't know. I can't think of any examples. But yeah, there are, there are people who have, are telling jokes with bad intentions. Sure. No doubt about it. But the punching thing just insinuates it. It's all just the, the time, term we like, use, though. It's out. like, right. you, it's not like you don't, it's like, it's, it's just, it's frustrating because it's like when, uh, when Elon's like, I'm not cis, you're cis. It's like, okay, but cisgender is a word that means something and you are that. Like, the definition describes you. It means that you are you identify as the person you were born as. Like words have meaning. So like punching up, punching down, punching sideways, that's the word to describe a certain thing. And if you have an alternative word for that that everybody's down to use, let's use it, but there's not. So it's like you can't like disagree with the definition of a thing that it like is being described. Like you're saying that we shouldn't be able to describe the thing that's happening. What I'm saying is it infer it automatically infers bad intentions. I don't think that's true though. I think that you feel that way because you think that I it's, don't know. I don't, it's not fun being punched. I mean, you know yeah, but nobody I mean? thinks it's you're not... actually punching anybody, but the, yeah, the, the, you can punch sideways and you can punch up. And those are that those are positive things. It's just when it's punching down that you feel like it's in a negative connotation because inherently that's what punching down is. Well, I do think it's negative all the way around. But like you don't even punch down in your comedy. I don't really punch at all. Really. You don't think you do, but that's the thing. It's I mean, like a, yeah, it I'm describes sure I do. Yeah. it describes a, it describes what you're doing on stage, regardless of whether or not you like to use the terms or not. You are up there either punching up, down, or sideways, no matter what you do. And so, like, I, I don't think I make. Uh, what I'm saying, I don't make. 
I mean, I know I do sometimes, but I don't make very many jokes at other people's expense, really. But sometimes your jokes, okay, so, like, sometimes you do jokes that imply that you know what the right thing to believe is. Like, you'll make jokes about, like, being gay or whatever, and, like, it's not necessarily clear on whether or not, uh, or it's not, it's not by your jokes necessarily clear that you're pro or against gay marriage until, like, a certain point. But the absurdity of the joke demonstrates that you know that like homosexuality mm-hmm. is fine, like it's whatever. Like, it's yeah, that. because that's a because the comedy and my real feelings happen to go in the same direction. Yeah, that that's not always going to happen. Sometimes I'm going to say, I mean, we all do it. Sometimes I'm going to say the bad thing because it's funnier. Yeah, but sometimes once you build that, up enough, you know, you have to do that it. That is also to me that demonstrates the set where to people me, know it's not. Yeah, that people know that. I just it's think not that you really still demonstrate that you know the bad that you know that that's the bad thing by saying it because you know it's a shocking thing to say. It's like you're showing like when I do. I don't know. Like I do like the autism fucking joke, and I don't actually believe the vaccines cause autism, but it's perfect. It's funny for that to joke. say, right? Yeah, and it doesn't hurt anybody for me to say that joke, in my opinion. And so, like, yeah, unless they choose to be. Well, and, and like, I guess and the argument could be made: Oh, you're perpetuating a myth that is going to cause people not to get vaccines. And I don't think anybody, if you make any decisions after that joke about anything, then you were already hopeless. Like, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what? Uh, but I also, you know, and then when you get, but when you get that argument on a grander scale, uh, then, and with a comedian that has an audience of millions, the argument can easily be made that your jokes are having a direct effect on the world and the people that they're about. And like, you're perpetuating this idea that trans people don't deserve respect. You know, we're, we're talking about Dave Chappelle, if you might figure that out. Yeah, but of course, Dave Chappelle, that's not even fair because but, Dave Chappelle's whole thing has been complete opposite of that. Oh yeah, but there's like the whole idea Dave that Chappelle's, he's like lumping them all as like the trans community's coming after me, which is like not really what's happening. Like you can't just say no, all no, you can't lump all trans people he's in. Not saying, he's, saying, he's saying white people are coming after me. If you actually listen to what yeah, he's saying, yeah, that's also annoying. Like it's, well, that's it's like thing, identity politics bullshit, and it erases all the non-white people who are also upset. The, well, the first joke, the first, the first joke was really that like, um that black people have taken hundreds and hundreds of years. They're like, we're human beings. We're human beings. We, we deserve the basic same human, the same human rights as everyone else. I'm not doing the joke a good service, obviously, because yeah, yeah. I'm telling I'm just, I'm explaining the joke and I don't remember how it goes. And he's like, and then the trans thing comes along. And I mean, there's a lot of people that are not digging it, but and it came pretty quick when you compare it to that. And he's saying the re- if the reason is, it's because majority, it's a majority white, more privileged thing. Yeah, I just don't agree with that. Like, well, that's just, that's statistically it is. What, being trans? The way more trans people are white. No, I think that way more people who are able to transition might be white, but I don't think that that's, I don't think yeah, that Dave Chappelle has any way maybe of knowing. Maybe so, and that might be it, but what I'm saying <laughs> There's is, a lot of trans black people, and some I'm of the biggest is, activists in the LGBT community but what I'm saying is were the trans joke, black people. <laughs> okay, but the joke is, because it is a joke. Yeah. And the joke is that if, if, it would, if trans would have been really just a black and brown people thing, we wouldn't be having it, you know? 
Like I said, it's not funny the way I'm saying it. Yeah. But I he just, said it in a snappy way like a joke. That was it. That was the joke. I just I think it's also disingenuous when you try to pass these things off as just jokes when there's clearly his actual opinion like heavily influences his jokes. Like like that's so well, clear opi- because like half of the shit he says in his new specials is not jokes. It's just him trying to get like it's him just trying to tell you how he feels about shit and then he's funny sometimes. And and he's really funny when he's funny, but not I don't in think the new that, special. I didn't watch the new special. Yeah, the I'm new like, special's all I'm jokes. Like out, but the yeah. thing is even the last like the last one yeah, I, I got tired because there it was just too many trans jokes because it's all the same kind of jokes, but and it was almost a retaliation because he got pushed back on the other one. I do agree with that. Yeah, but like, he did like three times now. It's like yeah, his fourth special. With That's trans what I'm jokes. I do agree with you with that. Where if it would be me, if I'd say, "All right, let me think about it," and I think about it and be like, "You know what? This is just someone choosing to be offended." What I would have done is I would have said nothing. I would have never acknowledged anything. I mean, if you really feel like you said nothing wrong and I would have just gone on with my regular silly thing, I wouldn't have been like, Oh, Oh, they don't like that. Well, I'm going to give them a whole special of trans jokes. Like, yeah, I wouldn't have done that. If I have a, if I can think if, Oh, this is a really funny joke and it happens to be about trans people. Okay. I'll tell it. But he has also, he has prefaced tons of times. Like trans people are human beings and they deserve all the same rights as everyone else and deserve to be treated as human yeah, beings. Yeah, but then he loves to have a little butt after that and then make a joke, which like completely, like not which, completely, but somewhat negates the things he just said. Because no, not it, really. It depends on, I guess we'd have to like be looking because at the he's material. Telling, but because he's... Do, I just remember hearing him say shit, like do, finally he said something good and then he said something else. I'm like, come on, dude. Because he says this and then he goes to treat trans people like he treats everyone else in his act. Yeah, he's an asshole. Yeah, but <laughs> to that's everyone. What, I mean, that's what he, that's, he's been doing this for thirty years. I, yeah, I, I, I also like think that Dave Chappelle. A lot of people don't realize that Dave Chappelle has never been poor. He's never been like he's never struggled in his entire life. Like other than the fact that he's black and has those struggles, which yeah, obviously, he grew up in D.C. With but crack he going on. But he had like upper middle class family, and then fucking start has been doing comedy since he was like thirteen. So. As soon as he got successful in comedy, like he just started being rich, and then that's him, that's been him, and now he's like filthy rich. And so, what we know of Dave Chappelle, his whole like experience for the last thirty years has been wealth, and like that's his people now. And so it's like that's who that's the only people whose side he's on, and that's why he's able to punch down everywhere, every direction. It's because he is above everybody. Like he yeah, does have more power than everybody. I, I don't care about any of that. When I watch comedy, I put it on and it it makes me laugh for an hour. Okay, but you're acting like when people and do jokes, always, they're not and talking he about. Always makes me laugh. Yeah, sure, but like when <laughs> I put on a special, like I am not so like I'm not gonna I'm not so like uh, obtuse as to act like I don't think that this person's opinions aren't part of it. Like that is so so much a big part of most comedians like getting on stage, and they want they have something to say. And they just want to make you laugh while they're saying it. But that doesn't mean what they're saying isn't from their heart. And the idea that it's all coming from just jokes is just, I think that's disingenuous. But I think a few bullshit. minutes ago, you just said you tell jokes that you don't even believe. Yeah, my shit is absurdism. Like, my shit is... A, Dave Chappelle is absurdism. Dave Chappelle's one of the most absurd being, sure, When he's being absurd, ever, yeah. then I, that's obvious. But that's not his... Are you telling me that his last four specials were absurdist comedy? 
the the new one for the most part, except towards. He hasn't the end. been a, an absurdist comic since his show, like since Chappelle's show. It was it was abs- oh it was very absurd. The first four specials he dropped after he came back from Africa and all that were the most absurd fucking. Things I mean, there I've might have been seen. absurd moments, but I don't think of Dave Chappelle as an absurdist no, comic get- because he so often talks about things I agree with. So what is that yeah. bullshit? Like no. Well, so here the the thing that that really stands out here is that. We at least should acknowledge at this point that when you hear somebody tell a joke, you can't really ever know for sure. It's sometimes we all kind of feel like that's really convincing. I really kind of feel like he's just speaking from the heart there. There's no irony in what he's saying at that moment, but you don't know for certain. What John's getting at here, though, I, I can't. I don't totally disagree with there is a thing you're touching on that I think is a mistake he is making is that in the middle of a bunch of absurd, funny things, you're just saying to be, to be funny. Like he never stopped doing that, but at a certain point he did start interjecting the way he really feels about things. Yeah. And I think that's a mistake. I don't know because if it's a mistake, now, just own it. Like you can do both things well, the in the thing, same set, yeah, but, but don't act like it's all just jokes because that's clearly not the case. Yeah, But what I'm saying is when he said, if he makes a joke, right. Like, say he makes a joke about trans people and people are like, oh, that's a hateful joke. It came from the heart. And he's like, oh, no, I'm just joking. But they're like, well, what about this other thing? Oh, yeah, I meant that. Yeah. Yeah. So then they're like, OK, you know what I'm saying? In my issue. That's yeah. why, like, with for me, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say whatever I think is funny. And I always try to be as ambiguous as I can, even if I'm going to make a. Uh, like I'll make if I make jokes about police or whatever, you know what I mean. Even mm-hmm. if I believe what the joke is, I'm really just saying it because it's funny. Mm-hmm. I will say if I will say something that can go completely against my beliefs if I think that's funny. Yeah, and I'll but I never go on stage. That is a thing. Sometimes he will go on stage and will start telling you his opinions with no jokes. Mm-hmm. So now you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and, no, I- and he'll throw a joke in every now and then. So now it's like okay. Now that gets confusing now because mm-hmm. so now it's like where and and, and then the, the opposite like okay is the opposite effect it's like if you like challenge George Carlin on something he said George Carlin spoke with conviction and if you if if someone on the right got offended by his criticism of them he wouldn't be like it's just jokes and he'd be like no you fucking suck like <laughs> that's why yeah. I said that you were a terrible person but yeah. there's no ownership of what he's saying and he's like and so when well, he gets but... criticism it's just jokes but how about just be like I I I feel this way. This well, is how it I depend, feel. It, it depends on what the truth is it. of that specific thing. Because if George Carlin does say a thing that's just a joke, and someone comes after him, what's he supposed to say? Uh, I mean, like the th- but George Carlin. If it didn't. is just a joke, yeah, you know, what I'm I saying? see what you're saying. It's just yeah. that, like that's not the theme that he's, he said. He could up. be saying it's just a joke because the truth is it ju- it is just a joke. Sure, sure. But yeah, he I agree. He is he. It's confusing. Once you stop telling jokes and then you get on a pulpit for a little while and then you go back to telling jokes, right. it can get confusing. Yeah, for you're people. blurring the lines. You're blurring yeah. the lines. Yeah. A lot. And if and again, like it's OK to do that. But then when people are confused, you have to like understand why. Yeah, he's making he is causing some of the. That's what I'm saying. He's causing some of this confusion himself. Yeah. Right, and it's by like doing that. Yeah. Right. And I uh, I don't know, man. <clears throat> I think like Daniel Tosh, for example, uh, now his shit is like completely absurd. Like he doesn't get on stage and say anything that he actually feels for mm-hmm. the most part. 
Uh, and if it is something he actually feels, it's like you'll it's, never know. You'll never know because it's awful. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of, and that's kind of what I've always wanted to be be but, like. Where I don't, I don't want people to be able to tell like which they which jokes are real life experiences and which are just fucking totally made up lies or, or you know what I mean. Yeah. Or, I, but I just want people. I want people to automatically assume that whatever I'm saying, I'm full of shit. Right. And so, yes. And me too. Me too. And yeah. like, I want to get up there and, and make people laugh. That's all I care about. And I think that for me, that's why I like the the term punching up and down and, and sideways is because it gives me parameters to write within. And I am more confident that I am going to uh, upset or like, I'm going to have more fans if I punch only up and sideways, if at all. And if I'm punching down, it needs to be absurd. Like, it needs to be, like, obviously, like, okay, like, for making fun of Don, it'd be for being mm-hmm. in a wheelchair. Like, Don's my friend, and, like, everybody in the room that night pretty much knew that I was just doing that because yeah. I was bombing on stage and was looking for it out. And then I immediately acknowledged that that's what I was doing, like, and that it's bad, you know? <laughs> and, like, and, like, uh, and I think that that's, I don't know. So, what I was saying about Daniel Tosh is that when he did the rape joke uh, that... You know, it wasn't recorded. It was just reported on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, he did it. He did the joke, and then this lady shouted out, like, you shouldn't say that. And then she, like, stormed out or whatever. And he was like, wouldn't it be funny if that lady got, you know, raped by, like, 12 guys on the way home or something like that? Yeah. And, you know, didn't really, I don't know. Like, it's it, it you had to be there for sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know, that's not a funny thing to say. But also, he didn't double down on it. He didn't release yeah, three specials about rape, like, I about th- why he should be able to say right. rape jokes. And I think uh, anyone with if a, a little bit of sense of humor would understand that if that did happen, he wouldn't think it's funny. He'd be like, oh, my God, that's horrible. Right, exactly. And I'm pretty sure... If we had been there, the three of us in the moment, I think we all would have laughed at that. If it was, you know what I mean, where it's like when she goes, like, wouldn't it be funny at the time? Because yeah, I would have definitely like I would have laughed because this woman is getting okay. Like the first, the fact that she got she came to a Daniel Tosh show and paid money for Daniel Tosh and then got mad at a rape joke is just so absurd to me. Like yeah, maybe she didn't know who he was, but like at that time he was already famous. It's kind of hard to stumble into a a Daniel Tosh. Yeah, and it's like yeah. Even if you go in not liking rape jokes, you're just not gonna laugh when you hear one. Like you don't have to. You're not gonna fucking yell yeah. at him. But yeah. which is actually the a, a better way to get people to stop telling jokes we don't like them to tell is if we stop laughing at them, they'll stop telling yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, and like you know, and uh, comedy's a lot like you know, like the scientific method in that if you can repeat that same joke in front of multiple different audiences, that joke works. And if you can only get shit bags to laugh at your joke, but every other venue it bombs, that joke doesn't work. That joke is 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 more offensive than it is funny. Yeah. And only like fucking edge lords want to hear it, you know. And that's probably some of my shit too. Like that's probably a lot of my shit. I haven't been able to go very far. Yeah, I, I want it. <laughs> yeah, like I want it to be funny. I want it to be funny to as many people as I can be funny to without being bad or pandering because there's certain there gets a certain point if you want to get the most fans you'd make the shittiest thing yeah because most people are stupid and they like shitty things yeah i mean it's i uh i hate pandering so much 
uh, like I'm like, I almost like anti-pander. Like I try to tell jokes that make it clear that I am not trying to pander to people. And like, there's no disrespect to Tyler, but when he says the thing about like, uh, sex work is real work, I'm like, all right, like, we all agree that sex work is real work, but like, who, who are you talking to here? Who do you think is going to like yeah. fight you on that? Like, and to be honest, uh, the whole, uh, having to say sex work is real work. I don't think us fellas, we've always been down with the sex work for the most part. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think we're the ones that were doing most of oh, the yeah. shaming of the sex work. I'm on antidepressants, so I know, know it's real work. Yeah. But I, I just, you know, you ever had, you ever dated a woman or like a woman you're in a relationship with go off to a bachelorette party? When they come back, Dude, it's always like, it, it's not like, like when we come back and we're like, man, that was so fucking fun. They come back and like this bitch, we had to all weekend, we had to get her to cough up her share of the hotel. And then this other bitch, she was all over this guy and she got a man. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Women don't get along with each other, you know? So I think that, you know, I'm not trying to point fingers on who, <laughs> on, uh, who gave all the sex workers a hard time all these years, but it ain't us. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. slut shaming other women. Like, yeah, that too. Right. yeah. And the slut shaming thing too. They like, yeah. uh, sometimes they like to put that on us. That's not, that's not us. Yeah. We're the one, we're the no. ones in secret. Like we don't slam. Love what you yeah. Do. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. the only time, yeah, that's the thing too. Like, like calling women sluts. The only, it's usually when a woman's being called a slut, it's usually by another woman. Usually when we call a woman a slut, it's because we want them to do something slutty for us and they mm -hmm. don't want to do it, you know? Uh, also, before we go any further... Not me personally. I want to say another I'm thing. Just, the reason Tyler does that in his jokes is because it kind of helps set up the next part because, you know, looking at Tyler, you don't know for sure. And what he's about to say also does get a reaction, uh, a negative reaction from the crowd until he follows through, which is like he starts talking about how he doesn't want his daughter to be a stripper. And if he doesn't qualify the fact that he supports strippers somewhere, then he could lose the crowd. We we did a, a gig one time, and when he was starting that joke, when he was like, I don't want my daughter, he's like, I, I go to enough soccer practices or enough soccer games to keep her off the pole, and yeah, a, tra yeah, yeah. a trans woman walked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so She's silly. like, I'm not listening to it's this. Like, you gotta that's let what, that's guy, when he's yeah. like, if you just stay Give with him me. a chance. Yeah. You know, walk out it if the joke it bombs. It goes the other way. Yeah. Yeah, wait till a whole joke and then walk out. Like, you know. Well, I think that comedy should be. I think people should try to keep in mind that that there's a when you were talking about the way that uh, somebody like a Chappelle would sort of weave back and forth between like ironic and unironic speech, and how that blurs the line and it gets confusing. I do think you, we also talk about audiences needing to be trained to be able to be good comedy audiences. I think that we all should just acknowledge that. Comedy is almost kind of like a controlled substance or something. Like it's it's mm. something that should be consumed with some degree of um, caution. Yeah, just just the idea that like enjoy it, go nuts, have a great time, just like cigarettes or whatever else you you know whatever yeah, you want to enjoy. Not just take it so seriously. Well, that yeah. but also just bear in mind you know it's it's just like fire or or anything else that that's awesome. You know you do have to kind of. You can't be too careless with like if you just you can't just wander into any comedy show and assume 
that you're going to be safe from hearing anything that yeah, might be a problem. Especially at an open mic, especially at an open mic. Oh, and I yeah. think that when there's a lot less room for criticism at open mics, because the whole point is we're trying to figure out if this is okay to say. Mm-hmm. And like, you don't always know that. And like, you don't even know to question it. Like you don't even know to start questioning it until it bombs. And you're like, okay, well, why did that bomb? Right. What did I say? What do people like, what is the psychology of this situation? You know? And, Mm -hmm. and sometimes you can't know that until you do the shitty joke. And I think that short of saying the hard R N word, I think open mic should be like a pretty free for all. Like Mm -hmm. if you feel like you've got a way to say something that, you know, might be borderline homophobic, but in a way that redeems it, then I think you should be allowed to try it. And if it fails, you know, I think that, okay, just don't do it again. <laughs> like, right, you know, just yeah, like right. that, you know, or just fix it. it. Yeah. Or fix it. Yeah. And that's yeah. all and it is. And open mics but, too. You got to have all kind of different kinds of comedians too. But when you're at a, but when you're at a paid show, when you paid tickets, there's a little less room for them to say something mm-hmm. you're offended by because you paid money. And then this person has been doing mics and decided that that joke is worth telling to a paying audience. And, and maybe it, it isn't good, you know, like maybe it isn't good and they were reinforced the wrong way or maybe it bombed. They're like, no, this is good. I got to wait until I'm in front of a paying audience. They'll like Mm -hmm. it, you know, shit like that. And then people get offended and I can more understand when they walk out. But if you come to an open mic, you fucking, you better like be on, like you just, just grain of salt, everybody, please. And it's it's not, you don't have the luxury of curating a show to an audience at an open mic. You Mm -hmm. know, it's all these different people that do different kinds of comedy. When you have there people there are people that like different kinds of comedy and that's fine. Like some people like they don't like a bunch of filthy stuff or cursing and all that and that, and that's fine. That's perfectly fine. And they have shows. It's why like Nate Bergazzi, he'll his openers have to be clean. Mm-hmm. It's not that he has a problem with filthy comedy. I mean, he's friends with Ari yeah. Shafir and all these people. He sees the humor in it, but it's the whole thing is like if you buy tickets to see Nate Bergazzi, they they might not like Ari Shafir before. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I mean, no, they for might, sure. They might. They wouldn't like me, but they might not. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, or you, right? Or, I think I, I, I've been playing with my clean stuff. Yeah. I've been realizing that a lot of my shit that I think is dirty isn't if I tweak it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm starting to get more not not dirty stuff. So I changed opinions on doing clean comedy since I've started doing comedy. Yeah, now that I have, well, now that I have um, more clean material, I'm starting to change my. Yeah, same. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm not doing clean shows because I haven't written anything clean. Yeah. See, I, I grew up where I was always kind of like I have these abilities, whether it be music or whatever it was that I was doing, and I always kind of was because I grew up in church. I always kind of felt like I had this choice I needed to make, like. I could go in a sort of Christian entertainment realm. And even though that's not necessarily what I want to do, I would be okay making all kinds of clean choices with my music to keep myself appealing to that sort of audience. Or I could, you know, maybe go the secular route and just try to be an entertainer in that, in the, the commercial realm and always kind of feeling like I could kind of go either way. I feel like if I could get an audience, I just would probably cater to whatever they want because I just grew up with that weird division right Mm -hmm. down the middle. But I can't imagine um, being in a position of just choosing to do clean without there being like a reason. So it does, does make me wonder like, did Nate develop that organically? And then when he started to develop this big audience of people that just picked up on like, Oh, there's nothing. Uh, You know what I think it is. I think like, cause um, 
people give Nate a lot of credit for being so good at writing such great clean jokes. Mm-hmm. And I always did too, but I've started thinking about it. Not to take any credit away from Nate Bergazzi. I think he's a fucking hilarious comedian. I love him. But I think we're looking we're looking at that from our own perspective where that seems hard to us. Because that's not what we do. We don't think that, yeah, that's we're how filthy people motherfuckers. Tell me, like, one-liners yeah. are like, it's so crazy you can do one-liners. And I'm like, it, to, what you do is impossible for yeah. me. Like, I can't I can't do long-form comedy and have any fun. Like Nate, Nate Bergazzi's a guy with two loving parents who are still together, always went to church, still goes to church. I think in his personal life, I don't think he uses a lot of profanity. Yeah. I don't think he talks dirty. So when he's going to go to write jokes, that's going to be what comes out. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to start writing a bunch of filthy jokes because he doesn't have a filthy sense of humor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's not like Bob Saget pretending to be clean for a sitcom and then being filthy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like Bob Saget was, yeah. Bob Bob Saget Saget was was clean to get to work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Also, okay, so that's what I wanted to say. My opinion changed on clean comedy for the same reason that I like the punching parameters. I like the idea of like challenging myself to either write clean or change my jokes to be clean and still be good. Like I like that little challenge. Mm -hmm. And to me, like that's my whole position on cancel culture and everything. It's like challenge accepted, you know, like if you're saying we can't say things anymore, we can't say anything anymore. I'm up here saying stuff and people are laughing. So I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. I'm I'm the same way with that. The whole thing about like, Oh, you can't say this. You can't say that. It really isn't true. You can say whatever you want. The expectations are higher though. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where, you're gonna have to make it um you're gonna have to make it you're gonna have to make it better you know i i hear comedians sometimes say jokes and they'll still and they'll say fag and sometimes it's the way the joke is sometimes it is like that is the funniest word to use there. Yeah, I have a joke that I haven't done in a while yeah. because it is the funniest word. But to it's use. not. <laughs> yeah, but it's not a word like I've heard, like the thing about people like, oh, we can't say fag no more. Like, I don't I've never felt that yeah. and I don't feel the need to say it. But if something ever pops in my head and it is the funniest thing to say, I will do it. Mm hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, but yeah, I think that I do and too. I th- and I and it there was and like I said, like with anything, there's always going to be someone who doesn't like it or is upset about it. For the most part, though, as a comedian, if you're if you do your job well and you're good at it, you will have a funny joke and people are going to like it because it's funny. Yeah, yeah, I agree with your overall premise that the idea of punching down implies an, a hostility or an aggression that's not there for you. And I completely agree with John's position that you can say whatever you want and you just need to be prepared that actions have consequences and that people can respond kind of however they want to, to whatever you do. And you just have to be prepared for that and don't go bitching and whining when, you know, maybe you get some hot water for something that you said, because we're all up here being a little reckless with our speech, even when we're doing it really well. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. I want to have add a final note. Uh, like, man. Okay. So when I tell a joke and people get offended, that is just some silly shit to me because I know how ridiculous the shit I write is. 
So like that Down syndrome joke I do, there's like a guy who got, I could, I heard him say that's fucked up after mm-hmm. I did it. And I just didn't, I just ignored it. Cause like mm-hmm. you, if you think that joke is like, if you are upset at that joke, I don't care about your opinion. And I think with like Dave Chappelle and other people, it's like, if you really believed in your joke and you really thought that the people who are upset are so ridiculous, why are you even giving them the time of yeah, day? Yeah, right. That's what, yeah, that's kind of what I was saying earlier yeah. too. I would have just, you just keep moving It's like on, there's insecurity yeah. there for him too. Like right. there's clearly. You know, yeah, you've given yeah. me something to think about. There. It's either, it's, it's either that like an insecurity thing or it's cashing in on pandering. Yeah. It's, ca- it's cashing in on the fact that there's buzz and that people are going to go watch the special just to see. They're going to go watch it either just out of curiosity. Well, let's go see what he says because it's showing up on my timeline. Or people are going to go watch it to defend them or they're going to watch it to attack them or whatever. Either way, he's getting more views on Netflix. Yeah. I also, it's it's trippy to me when people are like, uh, oh, like the, when he stormed off stage, they're like, oh, well, if you're getting, trying to sell your material, blah, blah, blah. It's like, bro, he already got paid. Like, he's yeah. already been paid. He's not trying to sell his material. No matter what happens at those shows, that material's still going on Netflix and he's still a millionaire. They're not yeah, taking his money back. Yeah, I maybe threw that guy out. Yeah, for I, sure. But he was like yeah. towards the end and so like he probably just didn't feel like going through the trouble at the end of the show. But Oh, I didn't realize that was towards the end. I just know that if any one of us or like any lesser comedian had done that, if Matt Reif fucking did that, we'd all be calling him an egomaniac throwing a temper tantrum. But because Dave Chappelle stormed off, it's like, well, I see where he's coming from. There's people. Right. It's like, bro, this dude has got no problems in the world. There's no reason for him to be that upset about anything. Like, he's so rich. This was not a special taping. This was just a show he was at. Yeah, it was just a show. And he locked up people's phones. The dude probably snuck one in. Like, that shit's annoying. I totally agree. I also, when I'm already paid, don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. they yeah, already I don't, paid I don't me. agree with the whole um, punishing the whole rest of the people. He does yeah. like arena shows. Like, so yeah. you're going to punish all these other people. Yeah. Well, and he's Who got, again, he's rules. got so much money that if they want refunds, he can afford it. If they, like, whatever... He has, there's no consequences for this man anymore, ever again. Like, he's fine. So it's like, whatever he wants to do now, that's what he wants to do. Like, no one's making him do anything anymore. That's a good point. And so, like, it's hard for me to feel any kind of sympathy. Like, woe is me. Like, the dude can never be canceled. Uh, Even Louis C.K. is not canceled. Like, yeah, maybe he doesn't get specials anymore, but he's always going to make money anytime he decides to do a tour. Yeah, he does. He can do his own specials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he doesn't. Yeah, he 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 was already doing that before he got canceled, uh, which was an admirable thing. God, I loved that dude before. Like uh, that shit pissed me off. It's like it's so easy not to be like that. (laughs) Yeah, that was a bad thing. It was always a little confusing. Like the whole his particular thing has always been confusing to me. What like that that he like that he would do that like. Well, it, it I, I'm naive, and so I, I don't, you know, when I found that out, I was like, that's not something I ever would have imagined that he was into as a Me fetish too. or whatever in the first place. But then also just like, why would you do something so risky, you know, uh, but... And it's it's weird to me that like it, I guess I'm just realizing I may, I'm just not as compassionate as I as I, I thought he, I was because I'm, I'm more like why would you do that yeah why would, yeah I think as, got, as opposed to he, oh those poor people yeah got, yeah, yeah. I think, <laughs> I think, yeah. <laughs> dude I remember when that shit was <laughs> you're, you're empathizing with the comedian yeah. when that shit was going on we had people from like there was like a guy who like books New Orleans who would open for him who was like going to bat for him hard like saying. 
Well, I've hung out with the two alleged comics who are accusing him, and they didn't bring up anything about it. So I don't think that it's like, of course, they yeah, didn't bring up around, anything yeah, about it. Around, just, <laughs> they don't, it's you, not they casual know, conversation. And they know y'all fucking idolize these people, so they're not going to feel safe talking about it to right. you. Like That's kind of what Me Too's all I about. I think that if I, yeah, and I think that's like my biggest pet peeve in comedy is like the idol, idolatry of these uh, these comedians. Like, I think it's great to uh, recognize when someone is good at their craft. Mm-hmm. And to that end... Dave Chappelle is amazing at his craft. Like mm-hmm. uh, the dude can write. The dude is a good thinker. Uh, I think he's great. Uh, fucking like, I think he's great at what he does. Uh, I don't agree with his opinions and those things are two separate things for me. Um, but I don't think that after Louis, I stopped idolizing any comedian because they're all fucking one Jack offense. Yeah, like, yeah. And I think that's so for me, whenever people like, you know, feign like worship for these comedians, like even if they're doing it ironically, it just, to me, that makes me cringe. It's like, they don't deserve that, and they probably like the ones who want that deserve it the least to me. Like if you if you get any satisfaction out of people saying they worship you, I don't like you. Like that's just yeah. so cringe. Yeah. I don't like hero worship, and I think it's just so fucking cringe when you can start to see where somebody's crossed that line into where they lose objectivity on somebody that yeah. they like. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even like God worship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't like any kind of worship. I don't dude. even agree with it. Like I, to me, even that's crazy. So like worshiping God, like God's supposed to be like the most like omnipotent and like morally correct thing. And then dude, he's that like, isn't... y'all are all supposed to worship. And so yeah. it's and like, like, why is he so yeah. insecure? Like, why does and he then, need that so bad? Yeah. And there's even a thing about like, um, chilled God, like, uh, with, the, with this was, I was watching, it was about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and this is, you know, Muslim, but it's still the same basic thing where it's like, um, and you know, we used to be slaves, but now we're not, we're not going to be slaves to man. We'll be slaves to God. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> if a slave owner is like the worst thing in the Dude, world. Dude, you could say anything in church and make it a parable. Like, it's like, why? yeah. Like, let's get raped by Jesus tonight, guys. Like, and then they'll be like, so, hallelujah. So you know? God's great, but he's also a slave owner. Like, yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, no, it's so silly. You know, the, yeah, so I, worshiping people, like pe- human beings are so flawed. You know, it doesn't yeah. make sense to worship anyone. Well, the, here's the, the only thing I'll say about and i really don't like defending uh anything having to do with um the shit that i came from but i will say this i also came from that by the way the more yeah i definitely i, I was maybe not as recently earlier. but right but no but i'm i'm with you on that the, the the only thing i'll say is that when you start moving beyond like any particular world religion and you start getting more into the sort of spiritual kind of stuff, the the DMT, all the experiences people have on psychedelics and stuff like that. There's one thing that I think that they've, that they have noticed that aligns with what a lot of people say about God. I've thought about that so many times. Like, why is God so insecure that he needs us to worship him? And the only pushback I've heard that ever made any sense about that was that it's actually for us. Like we are actually so much better off um, not not worshiping yeah, that God. actually from yeah, what, there is, my experience with Christianity that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, like, well, there, yeah, because yeah. there is a, that's a pretty um, fair pushback. If Fuck. you, um, I'm Christian again. The whole, the whole <laughs> thing about like service to others except for yourself, or what? It's to take the. I understand that it's to take the um to take the focus off of yourself, and if you do service for others instead of always servicing yourself. 
then you'll get uh I'm service myself in about an hour. Yeah. Then uh you, I've serviced myself at church. Happy, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Uh yeah. And that's cool. Making jokes during my I point. really wanted to actually, yeah. Can we go back and I, I'm actually going to cut that, out the part where actually, we were Actually, you said it way better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to cut the jokes out of the comedy podcast. I was tagging what you were saying anyway. You said it way better than me. We ruined the comedy podcast with jokes. With God. We're going to cut them out. <laughs> I'm going to get this back to the serious note we're going oh, for. God. You know somebody has like some kind of podcast network that's for Christians called Godcast. Uh, There's yeah. got to be, right? Yeah, that's yeah. got to be a thing already. It better be. Uh, Anyhow. It should be. If you know, not, we can start it's it. It's probably just about really rich comedians. <laughs> Godcast. We should have called this pod Godcast. Godcast. <laughs> <laughs> the first uh, seven was like reference yeah. to Genesis. Thank mm. you. Thank you. I do Bible jokes. I keep looking at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> he I feel like this about. podcast is losing steam. This is going to be a fun episode. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, this has been fantastic. Um, yeah, I had a good time. But before we wrap, we're not going to do the question, but do you have any social, you have any, you want to push your socials and do you have any dates you want to promote? Yeah. So, uh, you know, at JB Merrifield and everything except TikTok, I'm John B. Merrifield on TikTok. Somebody mm. took JB Merrifield. Who the fuck? That's never happened before. So uncool. Yeah, stupid uh, name to take. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you I, would, I would take Dave Chappelle. <laughs> if you want to see, uh, if you want to see me incessantly post clips of my open mic, sets and book sets and different versions of the same joke you follow me on tiktok right the fuck now mm-hmm. uh i got the ghost roasts coming up honestly i'm not gonna name any specific dates just follow me and you'll see all that shit and uh and then i also have a tour coming up at the beginning of march i'm gonna be uh hitting a lot of shows in houston got a show in el paso phoenix and then a couple dates left to book so keep an eye out for those dates if you're in texas uh, I'll be on both sides of Texas. If you're in Arizona, I'll be in Phoenix and maybe maybe somewhere else. Uh, Bi-textual. And then, and then if you're like Charles. That sounded funny in my head. I'm sorry. <laughs> check my itinerary. Because yeah. he said both sides of Texas. <laughs> you too. Uh, all right. Well, uh, you guys keep plugging away at it. We'll see you next week.